Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Stations. The man that has a nickname will not say with no shame. Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You listen to Seggy Station Podcast. Early morning for me here on the podcast. Rich Hot Takes Letty coming through here in a minute. Got the NBA playing starting tonight. NBA playoffs right around the corner. Play to touch on in the NBA hoops. Been a wild time in the sports world, catching up in the sports world. Masters week. Baseball's back. MLB opening day. Tough loss for the Mets last night, too. Lots going on. Obviously, the NFL draft right around the corner. March Madness concluded. Kansas and South Carolina winning both the men's and women's national championships this year. Brackets all done. Shout out to Aaron winning my Seggy Station Bracket Challenge. Shout out to everybody supporting the podcast. Haven't been here potting as much. Been busy teaching more golf, playing more golf, working. Enjoying the nice weather that's coming along here in the Northeast. Looking forward to that warmer weather for sure. Looking forward to catching up with Rich, talking some sports today. Should be a good show. Appreciate all love and support for it. As always, you can follow along my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Always got a live version of a podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. Rich should be here in a minute. I'm just about waking up. Rich, how about you? What's going on? Been busy? Yeah, dude, been busy. I haven't been here potting in, Jesus, I don't know how long it's been, but fired up to be here today. It's been a lot of good things happening in sports for me, really. Masters, Tiger playing at the Masters, uh, obviously Tiger March too. Madness. I don't know how he finished. Uh, he shot one under in his first round, which was just incredible. Uh, I think he finished plus 13 in the tournament, which sounds really bad because it's kind of bad in terms of... Tiger standards. I mean, I saw a bunch of people um, saying they didn't think he'd make the cut, but he cl- clearly did, right? Yeah, he made the cut, and yeah, the Masters, it was a good tournament. It was t- really tough course conditions, and Scotty Scheffler's been on a tear. He, he's doing something that literally we haven't seen since Tiger, basically in 2000s, where he's won four out of the last six tour tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. Scotty Scheffler, including the Masters, it was his first major win, and he's doing so um, in pretty impressive fashion, too. Uh, I know he four-putted the last green for a double bogey uh, to still win by three strokes, even with Rory McIlroy holding out on the 18. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out of the Masters. Obviously, college hoops is now over, but I saw, obviously, that national championship game, both men's and women's side, Kansas, uh, South Carolina, UNC right there to win it, uh, up like 18 at the half. Uh, I haven't even been back since any of that. Um, And Kansas ends up winning. It's... I think they're fourth in franchise history, second under Bill South, first since 2008 um, with that Mario Chalmers uh, year. But it was just funny to me because I I heard uh, Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, giving the trophy over to Kansas, calling them the Kansas City Jayhawks because there's basically a scandal that's been going on with them and Bill South in Kansas for like such a long time and with this whole issue between suspensions and bans and postseason bans and nil and all this paying for players that was going on before nil kansas is really in the heat of that and they go and win the national championship one blimp that i thought was interesting about this year's final both kansas and south carolina winning 
2020 when the season got shut down, those were both number one. Those were the both number one teams uh, in the nation when the season got shut down. No tournament that year, obviously. Good for them. Both of them were able to get back and win this year. So yeah, obviously a lot of great things going on. Obviously NFL off season as well. Um, Got to turn this thing on live and we'll be going. But yeah, it's been crazy, dude. Uh, a lot of a lot of moves in the NFL off season. Obviously NBA regular season's over. Obviously talking about the golf a little bit. Baseball started up. You seen any baseball yet? Watch any I've baseball? Been or watching what? more baseball than I have in the past. I mean, part of it's just we had some games without days without basketball and stuff like yesterday but i yeah. was at the Sox yankees game on saturday watched a few innings wow. of that first game watched the end of their game yesterday so like i've been watching more baseball than i have in the past like it's not like other sports like i'll only watch the red Sox. you couldn't pay me to turn on like a phillies versus cubs game i just wouldn't truly could not give a shit but like i'll turn on the red Sox game especially when i see it it's like seventh inning and they're in a close game so i've been watching some Sox more so than i expected to and more so than i have the last few years at least yeah, I've seen a little bit. I saw Mets with a tough loss for Chu last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've been watching mainly the golf for sure because opening day was on the first day of the Masters. I'm kind of like, dude, why yep. is baseball always doing this shit, bro? Like, I'm obviously <laughs> going to watch the Masters over opening day of baseball, and I would check out opening a day of baseball, but it's just like, just dumb. Like, why would you do that? Like, NBA had that no games on. Um, just stupid. Just so stupid. Like, yeah, I'm watching the Masters, dog, especially Tiger playing. Um, yeah. Just does some incredible stories, man. I saw that Dwayne Haskins thing, you know, just real quick before we yeah, get into the oh, NBA. Poor guy. Uh, just, I don't even know, like, I, you know, Duke sent it in the chat. I'm like, what? I'm like, seeing on my alert, just got off a lesson. I'm like, this is like the shit that I talk about in my pod that I just like. I don't know, it just sucks. Like, I'm literally just like, what? Like, Dwayne Haskins, born in 1997. Obviously done some pretty incredible things at Ohio State with Big Ten touchdown record, 50 touchdowns, I believe. But this is a dude that, like, his NFL career was, like, mainly not really taken off yet. A type of dude that, like, everyone was kind of, like, doubting in a way. And then, you know, now he's obviously not with us. And obviously everyone's very sympathetic towards that. But it just really puts things into perspective because – you can go two weeks back and you're like, wow, this dude, who knows if he's even in the league. Like, people are talking about this dude being a bust. And then all of a sudden he gets hit by a car. And, like, dude, who cares if he's a bust? Like, he could have done way other things in life besides football. And I think it's just, like, crazy to me how it's just in an instant, dude. Just anybody, anything. Um, you know, just even your cat right there. You know, I put it in perspective for all animals, too. Dude, it's just crazy to me. Like, the... And my dog, she likes to run across the street to go play with my, to my, uh, with my neighbor's dog. Luckily, I live on literally like the most dead end street ever, where it's like I'm yeah. hoping my dog never gets hit. But it's just like shit like that just scares the fuck out of me, dude. Like I'm always trying to like run up and like make sure there's no cars coming. It's just anything, dude. It's just crazy. Um, no, you're right. You know, it's not even just with freak accidents like that. It's just obviously with anything. But it's yeah, I don't know. It's just like that. I was hard to wake up. I think it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning, or and I'm just like, "What? Yeah, this is some some tough news with all these great things going on in sports." Yeah, um, Sunday morning, I think it was. Yeah. But yeah, dude. I mean, all in all, sports have been pretty good. I've been doing all right. You know, I've been busy working and teaching a lot. I got saw Nick Landell a little bit. He was coming through for a lesson. Supposed to play some golf with him. So I've been seeing more people around. Um. Obviously, it's getting warm around, which is nice. So hopefully, get outside and do some more, 
outdoor golfing, but obviously it's uh, hoop time really for me, you know. NBA playing tournament tonight, which is fire. I mean, only one day off. You got NBA playing tonight, NBA playing tomorrow. Then I think they do Friday, so they do one day in between, in which Friday is the the last playing game. Saturday would be the start of the first round in the NBA playoffs. Uh, so obviously this week, some guys get some rest, obviously, that aren't in the playing. Um, obviously, some stories to touch on in that. Um, but let's get after it a little bit, dude. You got... NBA playing tonight, you got two games, um, you know, games that I think we should touch on, teams that I think we should touch on, scenarios. Um, yeah, good games tonight. You know, we were high. I was real high on the Cavs all year, to be honest. Um, you know, Jared Allen going out their last 10 games, I think they're 11 games. In- I think they're 3-8 and eight, um, are the Cavaliers. So kind of treading water a little bit, obviously. Um you know, even if whoever loses this game, they'll still have another ch- uh, chance to get in by winning against whoever wins Hornets-Hawks, which I think is going to be a fire game. I think that's going to be a really good game. Obviously, yep. we went and saw the Hornets against the Knicks. I think it was now almost a week and a half back. Um, I think people are sleeping on the Hornets for sure. I know coming out of the play-in, they're probably not going to make much noise, but I think they'll make some noise in this play-in. Um, even up against a Hawks squad that has a guy like Trey Young who's been making a lot of noise. I do like the Hornets to win that game. Um, but sticking to just to this, I think it's very interesting how this whole season played out for the Nets, really. I mean, think about it. Um, you know, they're playing this game at home, and a lot of people would think, even going back a couple months ago, that this would have been an issue, obviously, with things that went on with Kyrie, and now all of a sudden the mandate's been lifted. I just need to confirm this. For professional athletes and performers only – like, is the mandate lifted only for professional athletes and man- and performers or all people? Like, I'm just trying to confirm because I know I, Chewy was tell- really talking no about idea, this. But also and I'm just it. trying to figure out if that's the actual case. That makes zero sense to me. And it's still all uh, messed up. Everything's all messed up. And I'm waking up here on a Tuesday morning feeling like I have been for the past two, three years. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, literally. And, you know, at this point, wow, all right, Kyrie is allowed to play. Kevin Durant's playing in the game. I know... Cavaliers got some young firepower in Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. If Jerry and Allen out, was out there, I think they'd have a chance to win this game. Uh, but I'll take the Nets in this game. I think if the Nets don't win this game by double digits, uh, I was hearing it this morning on one of the shows I like to uh, listen to, it's almost like a loss for me. Like I want to see this team come out, play a little bit, playoff-style basketball, prove that they can make some noise. Maybe if they get this 7 up against the Celtics team, something I've been talking about here Uh with the Nets getting in and making some noise, yeah. even up against these higher seeds. So I'm interested to see how they look tonight. Like, I think if they win this game by a couple points or if they barely, if they lose this game, like, they ain't going to give the Celtics much of a run. But I think they come out, they can, because Cleveland's an underrated team, even with the, uh, you know, herd of Jared Allen. I think if they can come out and kind of win this game convincingly, um, kind of have some momentum kind of heading into the playoffs, um, I think they'll have a great series against Boston. And I find it very interesting to see how the Bucks did that final game, i.e. against the Cavaliers, to get the three seed and not the two seed, to not have to face the Nets. And curious if you think that was their strategy or not. Because I certainly do. I certainly do. And I think the Celtics, as much as they've had a great half of this second half of the season, I think the Nets win this game tonight. I I absolutely think the Nets can knock the Celtics off in the first round. And it'll be very interesting to see how that series plays out if the Nets do indeed win this game tonight looking forward to the nba playing starting tonight uh what you thinking rich there's there's a lot here um 
All the playing games are super exciting. Maybe minus the Pelican Spurs one tomorrow, a little less exciting, mainly just because the Spurs didn't even anticipate being here. They're basically here because of the Lakers just falling off planet Earth. Like <laughs> the Spurs traded Derek White, like their second best player, halfway through the season. They didn't. Anticipate yeah, being shout there, out to Dejounte Murray though, who's been yeah. incredible. Dejounte's been incredible. He could very well win Most Improved Player. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be like Ja, him, Garland, or Poole. Probably one of those few. Um, but no, as for these games, huge game for the Nets. Um, I know I haven't been necessarily high on the Heat all year, but if you're the Nets, I don't think you want to play the Miami Heat. And I know the Boston Celtics have had the better defense than the Heat on paper. They've had the best defense all year, or for like the second half of the year, and now they have the best defense in the NBA. But without Robert Williams, I truly think if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'd be slightly more scared of the Miami Heat. And if you're the Nets, if you lose to the Cavaliers – and then you win the second game, then you end up with the Miami Heat in the first round. And I just think with the limited amount of scoring options that the Nets have and that you're relying so much on Kyrie and KD, the Heat just have so many defenders that they can throw at KD. And, like, Jimmy would probably be, like, their third option, and he's a great option. Like, P.J. Tucker and Bam would probably be the first guys switching on to KD. Then you have Jimmy out there. You have uh, the Martin twin, who's a great defender. Like, it he are just going to be a real tough team, I think, for the Nets to get by because they're going to slow down the pace, muck up the game. And that might sound a little convoluted, like I said. like the, Again, the Celtics have a better defense on paper than the Heat, but like I don't trust the Celtics' defense without Robert Williams. Like him, Robert Williams and Marcus Smart are two of the candidates for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think Robert Williams will get it because of the injury, but I guess either way, like I still doubt a little bracket thing yesterday. There were a few series, there were three specific series where I was like, man, I really don't know how this one's going to go. And Net, and Net Celtics was one of them, assuming it happens. Like, that's going to be a great series. That's one of the ones where, like, you could tell me the Celtics win in five, and I'd be like, I could see that happening. You could tell me the Nets win in five, and I could be like, I could see that happening. So it's right. just, I think it's going to be a really good series. Yeah, before we get into that series, so if that's the case, you then have the Nets winning tonight? Like, you think the Nets will win tonight and be this be know. the seventh seed up against the Celtics? We'll be able to talk that series come I next respect, time on the pod. I respect the Cavaliers. What I'll say is, if they had Jared Allen, I think I might even pick them. But I like Karis Robert as a player. They haven't looked the same since getting Karis and since Jared Allen going down. Garland and Karis do a little, like, my turn, your turn, like more so than like, I don't know, I guess how you'd want them to play together. And it's a newer combo. I think whoever missed a bunch of games after he got traded there. So like, no knock on that. Yeah. Just, I think when it comes down to like Garland and Levert and Mobley getting it done or like KD and then Kyrie getting it done, I'm just going to trust them in a one game play. And anything could happen. It's one game, but I'd be, I'll be picking the Nets tonight. Yeah, no, I just want to say this before we touch on it anymore. I think the NBA playing is great, dude. Uh, I love watching March Madness, obviously all the upsets that come with that, and then obviously just the college atmosphere from the tournament itself. Um, I think the NBA has really created that. I've been hearing a lot of smoke about them trying to shorten the season a little bit, them maybe trying to add an in-season tournament, and obviously them keeping the play-in tournament. I think it's all great for the NBA, really. I think they should try and initiate all that, because I do think the middle of the season does get kind of stagnant. I saw that there was five players that have played all NBA games this year. It's Denny Avdia, it's Kevin Looney, it's Sadiq Bey, and there's a couple other dudes. And that is it. It's the fewest in NBA history. Uh, let me get you the exact dudes, because the list is wild, and I thought the stat was wild itself. Um, you know, I'm looking at it, and it's like, yeah, maybe a little bit of what, uh, you know, happens at the end of the year with strategy for, like, I think the Bucks wanting not to be the two seed and have to face the Nets. But I think, moreover, like, 
an issue the NBA has that I think the MLB has kind of always had that I've always had this gripe it with you. It's like, yeah, like I'm not really going to watch MLB for like at least another couple months. It's like, dude, the MLB regular season is so fucking long. Like the Mets lost a game last night. They got five more this week. Like that's always my thing with Chu where it's like, <laughs> like even if the Mets lose a heartbreaking game last night, they're on in less than like seven hours because they come sometimes come on at one o'clock. Like you're just always able to watch your team. Like if the Giants lose, bro, I have to wait a whole damn week and they have a da- b- bad season, which they've been having for about six, seven years. A lot of people talking about them as like one of the worst teams in the league now. Like I have to sit here and feel this shit for weeks on end, not just able to just watch my team all the time. So I don't know. It's just like this weird thing for me So, where like I'm looking at the NBA and I'm like, they get a way to create some excitement in their regular season as well because you're seeing it in the nfl adding an extra game even it being so short i think you see it in these other sports even with them adding the play-in so i think it's smart for them to do with the play-in but this is an issue this gets talked about around this time every year because like the last 10 games of the regular season are like for each team are pretty gross and like the last 10 games for each team stretches over like three fucking weeks of basketball. So it ends up with like basketball fans by the time the playoffs start and probably the players themselves being like, all right, fucking enough of this. So as a basketball fan, do I want the season to be one month less of the year? Not really, but would I trade that for having like all the games matter a little more? Yeah. Because like the problem to me isn't like excitement in their regular season games. It's excitement in like, 25 percent of the regular season games the most of the regular season games are like good games well that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying they're talking about doing like an in-season tournament injury time all that yeah yeah i I agree i think we probably need to shorten the season a little bit but i I like the nba's done a lot of good things like i love this play and like you said it before this has been a total like knock out of the park like made everything so much more interesting because imagine how much grosser these few last yeah, like the Spurs and the Pelicans yeah. and the Hawks and the Hornets, we're all just out of it. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Um, it really s- spices up the bottom half, and it creates a lot of more, a lot more seating implications for the teams on the on the upside too, trying to stay out of the plan. Um, to get that extra week of rest. One thing uh, I've heard talked about that I think would be a great idea to make it more exciting is whether it's the top. Uh, number one seed overall or it's some like thing with all the seeds overall being able to like pick your team as a top seed because that would give more incentives then teams wouldn't be like oh i need to avoid the two i don't want to be in the three to play this team it's like sound nah, like nick first right seed, first seed you pick whoever in the play and comes out you pick who you get to play. you've been like, listening to the nicky right you've been listening to the nicky right podcast who's nicky right oh, nick right no dude he's literally my least favorite like is he the the bald guy no, you were literally you were literally guy. telling me last pod. You're like, yeah, you no, sound like Nick guy. Wright. Nick Wright yeah, is not bald. He's guy. got flow. No, he's got the toupee or whatever. He's a wearing toupee. fake hair. He's wearing fake hair. He's fake wearing a toupee. Hair. Oh my god, you are so. You no, know, he literally is. All right, look up sure. Nick Wright. He's literally 33 years old or something. He's I'm not kidding. wearing a fucking toupee. You're talking Tony Kornheiser, maybe. No, I'm not talking Tony. Okay, apparently his hair is not fake, but a bunch of people think it. <laughs> Damn, dude, people are harsh on Nick Wright. No, that's like one of Nick Wright's like main fucking. He's always been he's been hard on that. He's like the NBA sh- playoffs should be you should pick who you're 
who you're every, facing. Every clip I see of Nick Wright, he's just saying he's got some good takes, bro. He's got some good takes. I disagree. It's always, about, it's always about Jokic and stuff, and like I mean, we'll yeah, he's got it. some. Yeah, he's got some shit for sure. That's not good, but I think he has some really good takes. All right, back to the uh, NBA playing tournament. Um, touched on the first game tonight, which is at seven on TNT. The later game yeah. tonight is really interesting, um, because these are two teams that I think are like neck and neck, like in the same category of like could make some noise if they get out of the play-in tournament, could, you know, be one season away, obviously, for both teams, hopefully really getting Kawhi Leonard back. The Suns. As good as the Grizzlies have been, you really want to play the Grizzlies over the Suns. So winning tonight's game is huge for, you know, yep. the, the loser of it's got to win another game and then they get to play the Suns. Like, yeah, fair. I don't, I don't think playing the Grizzlies is no cakewalk, but, I, yeah, no, I'm a little bit more different on the, on the Grizzlies. But, yeah, um, I completely agree with that. Uh this one's tough for me, dude, because, you know, you got Paul George back. You got the Clippers are a couple games above 500 without basically those guys, PG, Kawhi, basically all year, obviously, and Kawhi and PG missed a ton of time. Now PG's back. Um, a lot of things surfacing that if they can get out of this play and that maybe Kawhi shows up, I don't know. It's the same thing kind of how I feel about Ben Simmons. You know, even though we didn't talk about that in the Nets clip, a lot of things surfacing about him. And how that could change, obviously, the aspect of the team if you get a guy, obviously, like Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers. So, yeah, I'm not saying Kawhi Leonard's going to come back, but I think if Kawhi Leonard comes back, the Clippers are a team now with Luka Doncic. Who knows, question mark, going on with him. Um, I would have the Clippers slide up as that team that I like besides the Grizzlies and everyone liking the Suns, obviously, out of the West. Um, yeah. I think the Clippers are. I think the Clippers are going to win the game tonight. They're plus money. Um, I love what Carl Anthony Towns has done this year. I love D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards is dropping forty point games as well. I saw their coach Chris Finch, I think is his name, uh, got his extension just a few days ago. So, you know, looking like they're doing the right thing there. Finally, winning games, winning culture, and hopefully with this young talent, not in the playing tournament uh, going forward, or maybe able to get out of this playing tournament win this game, or if they lose this, win another, as this would be also the teams that get another chance to advance and get to the eighth seed um, if they do I'm lose thinking, this game. Um, but I do like the Clippers to win this game. It is in Minnesota. Um, we saw what Paul George did in the playoffs last year, and I saw Paul George come back a few games this year, yep. the back uh, just this past week, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm worried about what the Clippers are going to look like, even though Paul George is making his comeback. Bro, he is – Paul George is elite, bro. There's so much slander on Paul George, and I know how much slander Russ gets. Like, Paul George is the type of dude that, like, took that slander and backed it up and put it out there. And, like, p- people need to give I'll some say, Paul George more respect here, especially after that run last year, because they ain't doing nothing of what Russ is doing, which is just in straight I denial think, mode. I think the Clippers will probably win this game. I think a lot of it comes down to Carl Anthony Towns because what the Clippers – obviously, but what the Clippers do is they'll run, like, five wings out there on the court for most of the game. They're, like, four wings and Reggie Jackson, four wings and Zubat, something like that. So, like, they'll make it harder for Edwards and D'Lo, I would think. They don't have a real answer for Towns. They have Hartenstein and Zubat, who are both, like, more than capable bigs that could give them problems, but, like, this is all going to come down to, like, is Carl Anthony Towns, like, exerting his will? Is he putting up, like, a 30-12 and game tonight? Or is he putting up, like, a 22 and eight game or something and just having a decent game. Like they need him to have a huge game. That's the way they win. I I trust the Clippers defense. 
as much as it kills me to say this, sometimes I'll trust Paul George. And look, I like Paul George. I've always been a fan of Paul George, minus when the Pacers knocked out the Knicks in the playoffs. That made me kind of hate them, but mainly Roy Hibbert. But the thing with Paul George is, like, some of that shit was fucking warranted. Sure. That dude called himself playoff yep. D when no one else did and stunk it up two years in sure. a row. I was watching a clip the other day. That's I watched, fine. Like, Worldwide Wobs. <laughs> Worldwide Wobs, like, late-night show he does sometimes, like, after the game's end. And he was talking about how he thinks the Clippers are going to win this game. And he goes, but I make myself do this every time I tell myself I trust Paul George in the playoffs. I still think they're going to win, but let's run through this minute of clips. And it was, like, a minute <laughs> of, like, not just bad plays. Yeah. Like, plays, if you saw it at, like, the local YMCA, you'd be like, yo, what is that dude doing right now? Like, That's fine. For hawking it up. That's the Look, same stuff they're Paul saying George. about Russ, my guy. And, and, no, and no, let no, me no. just... This is different, because Paul George is, like, an all-around, like, good at every part of basketball, and then walked out there into the playoffs, and it was like, his space, his powers got Space Jam sucked out. I don't think that's going to happen, but, like, the Paul <laughs> Chill George out, is, like, wild. Russ's right. thing is, like, he struggles with shooting, and people are going to knock him every time he has a bad game and struggles with shooting. It's like, there's not much he... That's just, that is what it is. The Paul George thing is like, bro, you turned into a different person the second the playoffs started. Yeah, but well, Paul George was a different person last playoffs, dog. And I'm trusting he Paul George there. to show no, up no, big time there. tonight and big time this playoffs, hoping Kawhi comes and back. Last thing, last thing I'll say, what? not about Paul George, but kind of similar to the other game, is like, obviously you really want to win the first game, but like, the Pelicans are going to be a, a tough fucking out assuming they beat the spurs they've been one of the hottest teams in the league the last few weeks like people don't think of them as that but like oh yeah joe bow joe bow you owe me some credit for that you owe me some credit for that because i was in here on the pod talking about the pelicans and and i've been trying to see yo what's good with zion I think the Pelicans definitely beat the Spurs. I love what DeJounte uh, sure. Murray's doing. Which they also have Herb Jones, who sounds like is going to make the All Rookie First Team over like Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, and some other guys from a lot of people with votes and like how they're voting. He's one of the best defenders in the league. He'll be really good for a few years to come. So like, Pelicans are. I'm assuming they beat the Spurs. Pelicans are going to be a really tough out for whichever team loses this game, whether it's the Clippers or the Timberwolves. So like you. <laughs> Big, big game tonight. You want to win this. You do not want to walk in and face the Pelicans. I'd probably rather face the Hawks or the Hornets on the other side than walk in and face the Pelicans right now. Yeah, that's basically the last game uh, we'd have to discuss in the play-in format. If you like the Pelicans to beat the Spurs, I like what the Spurs yeah. are, have done. Like I said, DeJounte Murray, I think I saw. Uh, I, he he's. I might pick the Pelicans to make it. I might pick them. I don't even know who they're going to play in the second one. I might pick them to win two in a row. I just I think they're hot right now. I think they're a good team. Um, I would not be surprised if they beat the Clippers or the Timberwolves. I'd feel better about them beating the Clippers. Timberwolves feel like two shots at home. You should get it done. They've had, I was on them for the whole year. I can't pick against them. But we'll yeah, see. you cannot do that. Um, I want, I want them to make it. The Timberwolves yeah. are an exciting team. I think it would, I think I asked you this weeks ago. I was like, not that I think they're going to win. I was like, do what shot would you give the Timberwolves against the Grizzlies yeah. in the first round? I was like, I think they no. could win. Two games, and I, I stand by that. Yeah, I that's fine. I, I don't have them beating the – they're not beating the Grizzlies, though. No, I don't have that either. But, like, making it to the playoffs for a team that hasn't in a long time, minus the one Jimmy Butler season, and winning two games against, like, a really good team, like, that's a good move in the right direction for this team. That's a good season. Um, So that, that'd be good. You don't want to get swept. You want to, like, win a game. Yeah, I mean, yo, DeJounte Murray, he broke the franchise record for triple-doubles. Here's the other thing with the triple-doubles just all over the joint. Like, I just like seeing so team. many dudes getting triple-doubles. I'm like, what is going on? This is just so much worse for my guy, Russ, on on a daily basis. 
He was no, he was a season that. league leader in steals. Uh, was Dejounte Murray? I, like for all all of a sudden, like the Spurs are just a team that is like winning games. Yeah, I don't think they'll beat the Pelicans, but I don't think it'd be crazy for the Spurs to win this game either. Like, yeah, CJ McCollum's been a bright spot since that trade. Like you mentioned, that Herb Jones. Everyone's counting the Spurs out, so it would be funny if they if yeah, they won. I would not be surprised. Like, the Spurs have some young talent as well. Keldon yeah. Johnson. Uh, Devin Vassell's a really good player. Yeah, a couple guys that, like, people don't even know probably. So, yeah, that's going to be a good game to watch. spurs Pels, I think, will be a good game for us guys to watch. People that, like, like the NBA. People that are, like, casual fans don't want to watch I'm ex- that. I'm so excited. Uh, I think casual days. fans should want to watch uh, Hornets-Hawks, though. Because I think you got oh, in LaMelo Ball and Trey Young, two of the that. best young point guards in the league. I think I Miles Bridges has had one of the most overlooked uh, NBA seasons this year because he's always kind of talked about as just highlight dunks. But this dude's just been an actual great player. Like, dude, he had a couple huge threes in that game we went to live that I, w- that I sent to the group that were on, like, ESPN highlights. I'm like, dude, this dude is... This dude's pretty gnarly that no one's talking about. Like, yeah, obviously it's the Hornets, but, like... Damn, bro, the Hornets are, like, sneaky good, I think. Like, I like what the Hawks have, and obviously they made a run last year because of Trey Young, and Trey Young also, he's just unstoppable. He just started off a little slow, and I think, what is he, leading the league in fucking minutes or this, points or something? He's doing something. something. Long threes. Something interesting. Um, the Hornets are a bottom three defense in the league. But have held, but have held Trey Young to his lowest scoring average and lowest assist average um, compared to any team in the league this year. So terrible defense, but whatever they've been doing against Trey Young has been working. Now, Trey Young's just been hot the last few weeks. Like I don't expect them to go in here and shut down Trey Young because like Lamelo Ball's lanky, but he's not a defender like that yet. They don't have like those guys really. I don't know who you're like sticking out. Like I don't know. I'd have to. I don't know what they did in the past to shut him down. So I'm talking out of my ass kind of a little bit. But like, I I heard a lot of people, like, I listened to, like, a few different podcasts. And, like, it seems like everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, Nets will probably get the seven. The Hawks will get the nine. And I'm kind of like, well, or the eight. And I'm like, well, like, I don't know. It seems crazy to pencil a team in that's been under 500 all year, even though they've been hot. And they have to win two games in a row. Like, I think people are discrediting the Cavs a little bit, even though they're not healthy. Like, Cavs still have two chances to get in. I've heard a lot of people just assuming the Hawks will. I'd rather the Hawks get in. Because we saw him make a conference finals run last year, I think it would be more exciting. I think that's what everyone wants. But I'm not gonna. If they, them and the Cavs are playing, the Cavs are a good defense even without Jared Allen, and the Hawks have struggled at parts of this year. Like I don't think it's crazy. I have the Hawks beating the Hornets, but I don't think it's crazy at all for the Cavs to come in and mess up the Hawks that next game and steal the eight seed. I don't think it's crazy at all to say the Hornets. They're not going to make a run like the Hawks did I, last year, but they make a run out of this playing. Because you didn't mention the Hornets once in that entire thing. And I think you're sleeping on LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Scary Terry. They got P.J. Washington. They got some good young players. We're at the game. Cody Zeller's a slept-on big man in this league. Straight Steven Adams style. Or Mason Plumley, whatever the fuck his name is. (laughs) No, dead ass. No, I I agree. And they would have to, if they made it, they would have to be the eight seed. They can't make the seven seed. And yep. Heat versus Hornets would be an interesting, like, total opposite styles. Hornets, like, run and gun offense, Heat, slow it down defense. Like, it would, when you have your own style that's totally opposing the other team, it usually is which ones come out on top, which would probably be the Heat. 
But that style can win you a game or two against the Heat, which, like, same thing I said for the Timberwolves. Like, if you're the Hornets making the playoffs and winning a game or two against, like, the top seed, like, that's a real nice season for you. So, like, yeah, I agree. I think the craziest team to make the playoffs would be the Spurs. I would be slightly upset if the Spurs made the playoffs and took a playoff spot. Like, oh, my God. You sound like you sound it? like me one because that's what I said like, basically about the Spurs two years the in a row. Spurs, Timberwolves, or Pelicans there. They just have more exciting players right now. But, like, I think all four teams in the East could make an exciting playoff series in the first round. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely said that word for word about the Spurs – um, making it to the playoffs yeah, since like, I've been on, on the doing the pod. I wasn't as on board because, like, I'll watch Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, those guys. I'm not like, look, this is the Dejounte Murray and Jakob Pertle. Yeah, that's show. not like, even really that's not even that. close to where the Spurs are at. I mean, I like Dejounte Murray and these young guys, but I don't know. I don't really want to see the Spurs advance either. I yeah. I would much rather see the I think Pelicans everyone's win. on board there. That's why no one's picking them. That's why I would just be like the total outlier. Like, oh, of course the Spurs make it. It gives the grossest Suns-Spurs first-round series. No one yeah. wants to watch. I do want to touch on some of these series uh, before you got to go, but we still got hopefully a little more time. So I did want to touch on a few non-playoff teams before we touch on playoff teams. Okay. Got to do it. Got to do it. Because it's just annoying me to a point, and I know you tell me. Talk about hold Knicks, on, so. and I know you tell Yeah, we are going to talk about the Knicks, but I know you tell me. I know you tell me that it's because I watch these like nas- more national media shows, but I still cannot understand for the life of me why the last, literally the last week, basically, this whole week, the last two days, yeah, so Monday, Tuesday, oh my God. both, no, both, days, right both days, the, both days, all the shows are talking about the Lakers, and I'm just like, Bro, the Lakers are 18 games under 500. The Lakers them. aren't in the playing tournament. The Lakers. No, because it's just crazy to me. We haven't been here on the pod yet. I know. I since know. they've missed them. the playoffs and missed the playing yeah. tournament. And, like, I have a stat. First team since 1985 to be a top two favorite to make it going into the season and miss the playoffs. It's been now expanded, obviously, to the play-in. And the Lakers are one of them now. And, you know, the only reason I'm bringing this up, Rich, is because I'm just running I'm just running out of things to even say about this because I'm just watching and hearing more and more of LeBron quotes and Russ quotes and Vogel's now fired and who's going to be the next coach, all these reports. It's all fucking bullshit just, to me, dog. To me, so- it's like I'm literally, all I'm thinking about is like, damn, realistically... This is like a look yourself in the mirror thing for me. Like it's like, bro, there's you're you're LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, all these other guys around. Granted, you don't want to talk about the fit, you don't want to talk about how they're playing, the defense, the the age, whatever. You can't make it the top ten. Like to me, it was to me, it's just like whatever broke down between. Any part of the team, obviously, people are talking about injuries, and that's what they're saying as well. They were only 11-10 and 10 when they all played together. It's not like they were world beaters. Yeah. They played 21 games together, the, the quote-unquote big three. I mean, Russ was playing better down the stretch. I do think Russ has some interesting points that everyone obviously is going to knock him on this. But it's like the second Russ was on the Lakers, right, guys like me that are like diehard Russ fans, I had to come on here and like – and like try and like convince you that this could maybe work, but you go listen to every single person, every single person when that trade went through, nobody thought it would work. Everybody said it was a dumb move. 
Everybody thought it was stupid to do. And and, and Russ made made this point in his exit interview where it's like, bro, I came here and it was like, I didn't even get a chance. Everyone thought it was going to be shit before I even stepped on the court. Look, and it's, okay. and it was just this whole narrative. He's right. This whole narrative that's created by not only the media but fans that it's like, oh, this is not going to work. Literally right off the jump, bro. And then AD's hurt. Then LeBron's hurt. So regardless of where you want to place the blame here, so much of it gets put on Russ. Then Vogel gets outed as a coach. It's like, to me, it's all bullshit, bro. Like, all right, it's Russ's fault. It's it's Vogel's fault. Let me just say this last thing. Let me just say this last thing because I heard this by Chris Boussard this morning, who I think is a very respected NBA analyst. He's been covering the league for like 30 decades. So I think listening to him is credible. He said, he's talking about Allen Iverson. I think, the, I think the year was like 2006 or 08. You might have to check this real quick while I'm explaining it. Allen Iverson, I think he was averaging like 26 points on like the most on like the most minutes in the league. He he was an all-star that year. He had the Sixers on a really hardcore run through the playoffs. I don't, I don't know where they ended up. I have to go look more into this. I was just listening to the take. Two years later, at, between he had four teams in between. Two years later from that, mo- that end of that playoff run, two NBA seasons later, he's playing in the Turkish League. And I yeah. said this to you literally like a month or t- th- three, four months ago. I'm like, bro, I, Russ might be out of the league, bro. Like, I don't know if Russ is going to make it in this league the way he talks, the way he keeps playing, the way he keeps denying his bad play, and the way it's just so, – it's at a point where I'm like – it's just literally I love Russell Westbrook, but it's gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm like, bro, you. it's like – it's like me basically saying like I'm the I'm the best golfer and I'm shooting plus five. It's like, okay. bro, I'm not. Okay. You, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like it's just, yes. It's just, me, it's me. just ridiculous. I'm I don't even know how to defend this shit anymore, and I'm I'm just upset. I'm literally upset to a point. Now they're like, oh, what's gonna happen to Russ? Russ is locked in, bro. Where's Russ going? Who's picking up Russ's contract? So to me, it's a point he's getting cut. He's getting cut. Or, or he's playing another season with the Lakers. things to respond to. You keep asking questions, and then you keep going. I'm um, serious. So, well, number one, the biggest problem is if Anthony Davis is healthy all year, the Lakers are probably like seven, eight, six seed, somewhere in there. So that's the biggest thing. Like, they aren't this bad if they're most important. Like, LeBron's their best player. Anthony Davis is probably the most important player to, like, everything working because he's your one defender. He's your one capable big. He's a big that can stretch the floor. Like, Anthony Davis does a lot for this team that no other guy could do. And, like, you picked up Russ to be your poor man's LeBron when Bron wasn't out there to take ball handling duties. Like, I think this year goes better if Anthony Davis is healthy, even if LeBron only plays in, like, 50% of the games because he is so important to what this team needed. They have nothing else that can do everything he does for this team. And no matter how much I may shit on him in the past, say he's kind of overrated, he, they relied on him to do so much for this yeah. team. So him him being there just totally fucks them up. So that's that's number one. The Russ stuff, look, I, I don't even think there's much to argue with at this point. Like, it's very clear that, like, him and LeBron, so Russell Westbrook could go back to the Wizards next year, could go to the fucking Knicks. If he's on a team next year, he could go out there and just start doing what he was doing two years ago. I don't doubt that with what he was doing with the Wizards or maybe the end of the Rockets. Like, no part of me doubts that. Like, this was just never going to fucking work with LeBron. Like, I that's why it made no sense to me from the start. That's why a lot of other people said it. Like, everything that you have LeBron James to do is what Russell Westbrook needs the ball to do. But he does it at a slightly worse level or at a now a substantially worse level than LeBron James does it. So it's like... Anytime you take the ball out of LeBron's hands and give it to Russ, you're, it's a net minus on offense for you. 
and then you're not making use of the best player on your team, LeBron. So it's like Russ can – it's not that Russ can't play. He's just like – part of what he's saying is right. He wasn't in a situation to succeed. Like this is not a team set up for him. LeBron and Russ both need the ball in their hand. They need shooters around them. They need the capable – All right. I got a couple things to say. Out. I got a couple things to say. I really got to break this down more. Because I've been hearing that, that DeMar DeRozan was at LeBron's house multiple times. Like – there are so many things coming That's so out. Ridicu- That's so ridiculous because this isn't who everyone said that DeMar DeRozan signing was fucking terrible at the time because no one expected this DeMar DeRozan. And guess what DeMar DeRozan we would have gotten on the Lakers? Not fucking this one. I disagree. I disagree. You wouldn't get this one either. But like you, 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 you if you're going to sit here and tell me that Russell Westbrook is a worse fit, then why did they, why did they bring in Russ when DeMar DeRozan was in LeBron's house? Like I want to be here. It's, it's Doc. Like it's literally been reported. Like who's LeBron. a better Who's a better fit for uh, the Lakers this season or how the season played out? Demar Derozan or Russell Westbrook? Straight up, Rich Coletti question. Player versus Russell Westbrook. The answer is the other player. It's Demar Derozan. So no. So why? So so even if you you're not even an NBA type of guy, Rich, in terms of uh, owning a for, or GMing a team. So like, you're telling me well, this has been talked about a few times. I think this is the best. Buddy Heald was also a name that was talked about. You're telling me Buddy Heald's not a better move. LeBron, yeah, buddy, bro, I said 90 times Buddy Heald was the way better move. And you would have gotten to keep one of KCP or Caruso or those guys. And it's documented that Caruso now wanted to stay and ask for $10 million, and they tried to give him $8 million. And he was like, yo, I was literally taking the deal, fuck you guys, and dipped. Like, he literally wanted to stay there. It's like, the Lakers botched this in a million different ways. The main reason they didn't get DeRozan is all the reports are that when they were going to meet with him, LeBron and Russ had like started talking that day or started talking a few days before we're meeting. Like LeBron basically was like, I want Russ. And I think the main issue with that is like what guys did with Melo a few years ago. Like LeBron knows basketball a million times better than me. But in his mind, like everything he's talking about the other day, like what he respects about Russell Westbrook, like how hard he plays, he's gonna be there every game, like you can count on him, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like when you're so close to a situation, like someone's your boy, like guys looking at Melo and before, like, no, he's one of the top, like, 50 players still. Like, no, nah, he's still a hooper, but he's not one of the top 50 players or anything anymore. It's like they have a different vision of someone because of how much they've been around them and, like, how – Bro. That, look, that, I don't know that. That's my only explanation because 99% of people who watch basketball and aren't Russell Westbrook fans could have told you that DeMar DeRozan is a better fit that for any team right now than Russell Westbrook before this year. Even though DeMar DeRozan, I didn't think would have been one of the best fits. Like the Knicks had talked about signing him and I was like, I don't think that's the move. Like, I don't think that's pushing us towards the championship. Granted, like it's not for the Bulls either, but he had a way better season than anyone could have anticipated. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan had a phenomenal season. He was in the MVP oh, conversations for a minute. He's going to be like all-NBA second. Um, he's going to be on one of the all-NBA teams. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, those all-NBA teams will be interesting for sure. Um, but no, I just – it was always going to be – Okay, let me just say this real quick because I did want to touch on the Knicks and we got to switch into to last, play. Last quick we do. Though, we like, still got to touch on the playoff series uh, yeah, matchup. So I just, I just need to say this about Anthony Davis though because you've always been hard on Anthony Davis. I think it's the past four four seasons, literally the past four seasons, he he hasn't played more than I think it's like forty something he's missed he's missed like ninety something games, like or whatever it is. He's missed games in the past four seasons where he hasn't played at least a half a season. Um he ha- this year with the Lakers, he had zero thirty five point games. I think he played four I think he played forty games for the Lakers this year. He had zero thirty five uh, 35 or more point games 
with the Lakers wow. this season. You go look at what he did with that bubble season in the playoffs. He had a couple of 35-point uh, games in that playoffs, had a couple of 35-point games, had some 35-point games for the Pelicans. Dude, the, I don't know what's happened to Anthony Davis, but he's gone from being able to shoot. I think he's shooting like 19% from three this year. His mid-range took a hit. His scoring was down. Obviously, the injuries don't help. But like to me, it's just like weird where like he was going to be asked, obviously, to be the guy, be the next guy, right? Obviously, LeBron, year 19, like can't uh, do as much. Russell Westbrook come in to kind of do that a little bit as well. Dude, Anthony Davis is the reason why the Lakers are not good. Like, you can blame Russ. You can blame LeBron. You can blame uh, talking about bringing in Melo and older guys. Bro, they're relying on Anthony Davis. And you've said this to me before. Like, they're asking Anthony Davis to be the guy. Like, be the head horse of the team, right? With all these other pieces. Like, all these other pieces the Bucks have. Who's the head horse of the Bucks? Giannis. All these other pieces that the Sixers have. Who is the head horse of the team? Joel Embiid. They're, Lakers are asking Anthony Davis to be the guy, and this is what you get when you ask Anthony Davis to be the guy. Lakers missing the playoffs. No, dead ass. Dead ass. Because even when he was with the Pelicans, bro, he was so under, under disappointing to me when he was the Pelicans guy. Like, he was the guy with the Pelicans. And he had some incredible seasons and had some 35-plus point games. Now he can't even score 35-plus points when he's being asked to be the guy. Like, like to me, this is this is a, this is a should be a knock on Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis coming out of here basically saying, well, like, oh, we didn't get to all play together. Like, all right, so basically he's just saying the same thing that he's always been saying. Would you go look at his last three, four seasons? Bro's missed half the season, every single season. The only season that he was able to complete was the one where they had a four-month layoff in between and went to a bubble. So, like, I'm looking at Anthony Davis like, bro, can you even finish an entire season? Like, if you're asked to, like, do that? Like, Russ played 80 out of 82 I, games I, this year. We've already, we already overkilled the Lakers. I agree with some of what you're saying. Like, I think he's been overhyped. But, like, you can't blame it on Anthony Davis, like, unless we're blaming it on that he wasn't there, in yeah. which case that's what I was talking about, how the team is better with him on the court. Like, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, they rely on him to be their best defender, their only interior presence, their only big that stretches the floor. They rely on him to do a lot of things for this team. So if he hadn't missed half the season, I think you and I both agree they're at, towards the top of the play-in, probably so six, seven, eight range. Like, that's what I would say if he doesn't miss half the season and he's playing there. So, like, I agree with you that, like, he's been un slightly underwhelming in his time as a Laker, except outside the bubble, or even in his NBA career, maybe, compared to expectations. But yeah. I think he makes them substantially better, and their main issue is, like, they just need him on the court. Like, I think, I th yeah, he shot 19%, under 19% from three this year. That's horrendous. I have to imagine that gets better with him on the court more consistently next year, and that's just an outlier, considering every other year has been far better than that, but... We'll, we'll see. I think we've already we don't. Let's touch on some playoff matchups. Fuck the Lakers. They don't deserve to be talked about. <sighs> it sucks to see an MVP worthy LeBron season so getting wasted. Like not that it would have won MVP with how good people were this year, but like if he was putting up those numbers on like a top four or five seed, like his name would be in the conversation like a Luca was. Yeah, I saw out of guys that took five hundred jumpers this year, Russ ranked sixty fifth out of uh. 66 players. Julius Randle was 66. Um, look, look, I'll tell you right now. After let me just say real Russ, quick though. Let I'll me just say real right quick. Now. Stop him. Let I'm me just. For it. You'll take you'll take Russ for 
one, you'll say one, Russ. one to two years of Russ's contracts. You guys have five more years of Julius Randle. I will suffer through one year of Russ or buy him out or whatever we have to do. Sure. Um, yeah. Yep. I take it all day. Send Julius Randle away. That's a that's that's a good take. Um, I just wanted to say on the Knicks though, that was kind of a joke, but that's a good take. Honestly, I would like that. I get to see Russ a little more. I'd go. I'd be taking the train down to see him or go hit up Russ games, get like season tickets. Uh. Nah, for real. RJ Barrett took a leap this year, though. You talked about like wanting him to take a leap. I think he did. He he's had some pretty impressive games. Obviously, with them having uh underwhelming season, that reports are Tibbs is coming back. Like I saw, I think sounds like it. Um, you know, I know we went to the game. I was asking. I was like, what happened to D Rose? Like D Rose was a big part of your run last year. Like he just was just not around this year. Like I remember seeing him in some games and then just yeah, like. Her- Never got got back. 20, 25 games in. I think he would have come back the last, like, two weeks if the Knicks had anything to play for. Like, he was supposed to be healthy, like, the last few weeks of the season, but the Knicks were out of it. So it was like, why why do let him rest up? No need to rush him back, whatever. Yeah. That was tough, Um, man. Yeah, it was just a disappointment. So I guess I'll just just preface this. Uh, If I used to do the seg right, seg wrong a lot more. I was so wrong about the Lakers because I had them going back and looking at the preseason predictions, had them as the one seed in the West. But I was certainly I I right about the Knicks. Knicks missed the play-in tournament after right making a nice run crazy. last year. Well, oh, man. I was super low on the Lakers and had them at five, and they were still, like, double as bad as I thought they were going to be, which was way worse, way worse than everyone else thought they were going to be. <laughs> Actually, unbelievable. All right, let's touch on some of these matchups before you got to go. I think there's some good ones for sure. I, I I'll let you pick. Like one of the most I'll let you pick. Ones. I'll let you pick I which think, one you want to talk Nuggets about first. Warriors is one of the most exciting ones. Nuggets right, Warriors. One. That's another one where... All right, let's start a bell because I don't want to run out of time. Steph Hold on. Is a huge part of it, Give me a second. That's another one. I'm starting a bell. We'll do, about okay. f- we'll do about five minutes a series because you got to go in 25, right? Yep. Of course, Steph Curry is a huge part of it, but like another right. one where like I wouldn't be surprised seeing this go either way. Warriors and six, Nuggets and six, anything like that. The, the Nuggets, I respect Draymond's green like team defense and defensive ability. He's not an answer for Jokic. I don't know what the Nuggets or the Warriors are going to do to stop Jokic. That being said, if Jordan, if they get Warriors get Steph Curry back and Jordan Poole can play like seventy five percent of what he's been playing without Steph Curry there, and you get Clay with like a hot game or two, like. Jordan Poole has been incredible. He might have just stolen most improved player of the year with, like, his performance over the last month. I just can't, like, I, I'm picking the Nuggets in, in six for this series, and I don't feel certain about that. I just can't pick the Warriors to win after seeing Steph Curry, what, before he was healthy, having, like, one of his colder stretches of the season. Now he's going to come back after not getting, like, any tune-up games. Draymond Green's been in and out. Clay has been in and out, despite having some good games, like, the Nuggets are far worse on paper. I don't anticipate them getting Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. back, but I think I just trust Jokic not to make a deep run, but at least to like be out there and be the best player on the floor almost every single night in the series with Steph, even with Steph Curry on the floor. So I don't feel certain about it, but I just have I've had so many question marks on the Warriors before the season started, during the year, and now with Steph Curry just again not playing the last what like month or maybe more. I'm not picking them to come in and win a series. I'm not going to be surprised if they do. I just think it's crazy how people say they're like contenders or anything like you that. You got the like Nuggets. Maybe if Steph Curry comes back, prime Steph Curry. But you got the Nuggets? I got Nuggets and six. Nuggets and six. 
I like the war. I like the Warriors in this series. Um, I think it probably goes. I think you're right. I think it goes at least six. I think I think the Warriors, depending on how Steph Curry goes in this series, I think it might they might have to win it in seven because of Jokic and how he can win two games just by himself. Obviously, he's been winning games for the Nuggets all year. I think it's honestly incredible that that they're that they're there. Um, but I think. No, I think there's some guys that make some plays for the Nuggets as well that they're going to have to rely on to obviously win this series. Like, it's not going to be Jokic winning this series on his own because it's it's tough to win a series on your own. We saw that with Kevin Durant. Um, I think the Warriors are a good enough team that, like, if you're Jokic, you're not going to be able to win this on your own. You're going to need some of these other guys to step up that have been stepping up while these other guys have been out in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., I think if you get these guys out on the court with what Jokic has been doing, I think the Nuggets, as you talked about, are like one of the threats, you know, to come out and be, you know, a threat in the West. But without that, I don't, I don't think it is. And I think even with what you said about Steph Curry and how he's going to look and if he can get on the court, I think obviously the Warriors are going to need Steph Curry to win this series. I think Clay, as much as we kind of come in and talk about him kind of coming back, and you were kind of right on that over these last few games, Clay's been looking pretty good. Not really the type of defender that I used to see in Clay, but defending at a better rate, but splashing at the rate I used to saw him do. We talked about Jordan Poole, and I think Jonathan Kaminga is the steal of that draft. I think Jonathan Kaminga is one of the most twitchy dudes that came out of that draft in terms of being able to handle, leap out of the gym, and have some type of shot. Pairing that with how the Warriors tend to play, I think Jonathan Kaminga is a piece as well. I think the Warriors have plenty of pieces. Draymond Green. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna come out of the West either. But I do think they're gonna win this series against the Nuggets. And I would not be su- them surprised yeah, of them winning series if Steph Curry's Steph Curry and looking like he was in the beginning of the year. Everyone talking about he's runaway that's, MVP. That's I will say the knock on Steph Curry's always been that he doesn't really uh, perform to that rate in the playoffs. And I'd like to see if he could with what this team now has with some young talent and Clay and Dre back on the squad. I think that's way more of a chance to beat this Nuggets team that has been hanging out on a thread by Jokic's MVP case that I just won't buy ever. So so much of your argument and everyone's argument when I've heard them talk about this hinged on, like, if Steph Curry can be Steph Curry, like, he hasn't been Steph Curry since before he started going for, like, the three-point record. Like, those ten games leading up to it. Yeah, that's fair. But he was was lethal in the beginning of the year. Hold on. He was leading the MVP the first two months of the season. Then he was playing in healthy the first or three months after that. Yeah. And he was shooting like his worst three point percentage of his entire career. So my thing is like, I'm not even saying he's going to come back and not, and be playing like that. It's just like, how can I expect him to come back after when he wasn't playing well, then doesn't play for three months and then be like, yeah, he's going to be better than he's been this year when he comes back. Or like, he's going to be as good as he was in the first month. It's like, Okay, Rich, Rich, I under, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I would say you need Steph Curry to be more closer to Steph Curry to make a playoff run if you're the Warriors. But how much of Steph Curry do you need to beat the Nuggets with how the Nuggets are constructed and how the Warriors team is constructed? I think if Steph Curry can get on the court, I think with how Clay, Dre now back on the court, some of these other pieces are looking, I think the Warriors will beat the Nuggets. My answer to that would be like, you need Steph Curry to be, if not the best player on the court, because he probably won't be coming back from injury with Jokic on it, like really close to it. The best player on your team cannot be Jordan Poole. You're not I'm, You're not beating the Nuggets if the best player on your team is Jordan Poole. The best player on your team has to be Steph Curry. Jordan Poole's been playing incredible, but, like, Klay Thompson's not better than Jordan Poole right now. Draymond's a great defender. He's not better than Jordan Poole, like, for, like, 
carrying you anywhere in the playoffs unless you're talking about like you know i'm kind of bringing the ball up setting some screens getting people open but like someone needs to put the ball in the hoop like if steph curry is not close to the best player on the court then i have the nuggets winning this series if steph curry's coming out here putting up 35 point games on good shooting the nuggets are toast the nuggets the nuggets are absolutely toast they don't yeah. have the bodies to like handle the warriors playing team ball but like i don't picture steph curry coming out and doing that and like i'll tell you right now if steph curry's like I don't think we've heard yet if Steph Curry's for sure playing game one, have we? Like, I'm, I'm a, kind of thinking he will, but I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. Yeah, it has If Steph Curry's out game one or game two, like, there's no shot in the world I'm picking the Nuggets. Not that they can't win. They can win because of how not talented the Nuggets are after Jokic. If those guys aren't making their shots, like, the Warriors are going to win some games. But, like, I'll be confident in the Nuggets because of how far and away Jokic is the best player on the court if Steph Curry's not there or not fully healthy. I yeah. don't think they'll go far. They'll get fucked up by a team like the Memphis Grizzlies in the next round. Like the the, the Nuggets are going to lose to a great team. I just don't know if the Warriors have the bodies either without Steph Curry to like be a huge threat to Jokic. We'll see. Yeah, I think I think if you go and look at the 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 matchups, that'll be one of the most intriguing series in terms of how things might shake out with Luca's injury. I mean, if Luca's if Luka's not able to go, because I saw he's got a strained calf confirmed by an MRI, so I'm looking at that Jazz Mavs series. My Mavs is a yeah, dark horse so where it's like, what? It's, it's like, like if Luka's not there, like, all right, like I guess the Jazz are going to win that. So, like, I look at I those mean, the others. The Jazz have been blowing every game. Who knows? The Jazz could still blow that. Like, if Luka's not there, yeah, I'll pick the Jazz, but, like, I'd still give the Mavs winning, like, a game or two. Like, the Jazz have not been good lately. And I'm going to assume Luca plays in, like, if not game one or two, like, he's going to play in this series. There's no shot Luca's, unless it's, like, really fucked up and he's, like, going to be out, like, months or needs surgery, which hopefully that's not the case. But if he can play, he'll be playing at some point in this series, like, maybe maybe game three or four or something like that. We'll yeah, see. but that's the, that's the same thing with, like, I like if Steph Curry is on the court and, like, and not, like, 100%. Like, Steph Curry is the type of dude that can just, like, run around and, like, shoot, you know? Like, Luka's doing everything for the team. I know. Like, no, so, right. like, right. if Luka's, like, 75%, it's almost, like, it's almost, like, not even worth having him out there because, like, you need him to do everything. Like, we, I need Luka to be 100% for the playoff run. And, of course, yeah. fucking Jason Kidd's he got him out there in game 82 was, fucking up, like, 20 points year. with, like, a triple-double. Why is he in the fucking game, bro? Why is he in the game? They're playing like the fucking Pistons. He strains his calf. He's got like a triple-double in the third quarter. They're up like 15 points. What are you doing? Like, it's just it's just one of those things where you got the Bucks sitting their whole fucking starting lineup out just so they could fall out and play the Bulls at a 3-6 matchup so they don't have to face the Nets. But no, it, the smarter play is so Giannis probably doesn't strain his calf and ruin your whole fucking playoff run right. in a meaningless game. Shorten the regular seasons, the whole thing I've been talking about, or add some more incentive to it, where you're obviously the play in has added a little bit more incentive, but not enough. Throughout the middle of the season, you see it. And I said there was that list of players that were only five players in fewest in NBA history that played all 82 games. It's like, that's everyone's not, bro. All these old heads that come at me, like, because I'm a fan of the NBA, are like, bro, these dudes are so soft. They don't play. And it's just kind of annoying. It is kind of annoying. Because it's every, even if they're not hurt, it's all fucking. Well, the, it was the load management shit we were talking about for two years. And yeah, now that's just, that whole term just gone away because it's just so commonplace to just like, whatever, I got a fucking bruised thumb. I'm sitting out tonight. It's like, what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, you got players sitting out all the time. Oh. 
it, I don't give a shit about any of that because this is the coolest time of the year, so I'm not really worried about what some fucking 65-year-old dude thinks about the NBA. What I am concerned about is <laughs> I think the Sixers are going to lose to the Raptors in the first round. Yeah, and see, this is like one be, of these ones where... No- terrible. This is one of these ones... Hold on a second, hold on a second, because this is one of these ones where like I feel like you come in and steal my thunder. Like... You know oh, how you, you know how I've kind of been on this whole James Harden thing, and I don't know what has happened to James Harden, man. I, I, I really don't know what to tell you, um, because mm-hmm. at this point, you know, as much as people want to say, and you can come at me all day about how Russ has been and and how Russ's career is gone, um, you know, for me, not, I'll take you it. We just talk about Russ. It's just we could just talk about the Sixers. Yeah, but when I look at this, I look at this whole thing, bro, and I just see James Harden and Russ kind of morphed into this same little bubble that even that Chris Paul's still in, right? Uh, these guys that can't fucking get over the hump and, and do anything, and it's like Chris Paul's in a way different bubble than those boys, but yeah, for sure. But like, still has no championships to back up, back it up, and I think it's interesting how all these guys have played together at one point, but. Yeah, getting back to that series, um, I saw this, which was an interesting stat. Uh, the Raptors had five players average above 15 points per game, which was, they've done that in three straight seasons now. Um, they were the only team to do that this season. Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Tr- Gary Trent Jr., and Gary Trent. there's one other that I'm missing. OG. Yep, OG OG Ananobi. So, yes, the Raptors are like this prime squad if we're going to go and talk, like, teams in the playoffs. And obviously this whole Vax situation with Matisse Thibault and not being able to play in Canada is probably throwing a rift in your argument and a rift in everyone's take that the Raptors are probably going to win this series. Let me just say this, Rich. Let me just say this, Rich. You know how I feel about James Harden. If the Sixers don't win this series, like if the Sixers don't win this series, I don't want to hear about Matisse Thibel. I don't want to hear about the Raptors' good squad because they do have a great squad. And I've watched more Raptors games this year than I thought I would because I remember going into the season telling you how I felt about the Raptors, and they started off pretty slow. And I'm like, damn, dude, Spicy P, and I love Fran Van Vliet, but it's like this team really ain't it. Like they just lost it all. No, this is a good team, and they've kind of gelled together, and they got this good young talent. Dude, you're talking Joel Embiid's MVP case, league scoring title, first play, big man to do show since Shaq. I mean, who is guarding Joel Embiid on the fucking Raptors? Chris Boucher? Fucking, like, Joel Embiid better be averaging 40 points this series. And if James Harden can't show up for fucking 10 assists and 20 points and win this series against the Raptors, then you and James Harden lovers just throw it all out the window, bro. Because it... Because if they lose this series and Doc gets fired and, and Joel Embiid's MVP potential season, uh, scoring leading season gets thrown out by the Raptors in round one, I don't want to hear anything about James Harden ever again. Oh. Never brought up on this podcast ever again if he can't win this series. I think the Sixers win this series. I think the Sixers win this series because if they don't, that is a disgrace, almost more disgraceful than the Lakers season this year. Go ahead. So my main thing is like, yeah, and a lot of it will come back on Harden. I'm... I'm, I'm always going to talk on what I'm currently seeing. I have defended Harden over the last few years because I think he got way too much hate while being a player that absolutely carried a team to championship contending levels. Um, that is not the guy I'm seeing right now. I would, if they give this man 
a five-year max contract after this year, they are out of their fucking minds. That would be one of the, so quickly be one of the worst signings ever and beating out the Julius Randle. <laughs> like, it will, it's just, it just doesn't look like, I don't know how you could watch this Harden right now. I'm like, look, I'm someone who's defended him and has like been a fan of him. Like, but I'm also able to be objective and look at something and be like, okay, this guy is not who he was before. I would not want this guy as a max player on my team. Like, they can absolutely win this series, but here's what's scary for me. One, I'm not too concerned about Matisse Thibel, but where it comes into play is like the Sixers don't have depth. So like Matisse Thibel isn't this guy where it's like, oh man, if only we had him, we would have been good to go. But it is like, fuck, are we playing Korkmaz or Danny Green 40 minutes or something this game? <laughs> That's the scary part. It's not like what you're missing from Thibel, even though he's a great defender. It's just like you don't even have the bodies to put out there that like, Korkmaz wouldn't even be get ideally probably wouldn't even be getting minutes in the playoff series if not more than like five or ten. Like any team that's contending, you don't want to play Danny Green thirty plus minutes a night. So like, come on, I'm breaking down why I'm picking the Raptors to win. You're acting like this is some defense of James Harden. I will get to also knocking James Harden here. So like, relax over there. Um, you're absolutely right. Embiid's going to need to put up forty points, and the Raptors don't have an individual defender to defend him. Pascal Siakam's been incredible. Might make an all defensive teams. OGs. Um, uh, Scotty Barnes, like they're one of the best defensive tandems. Fred Van Fleet may, might make an all defensive team. He's yeah. one of, people don't like really realize it, but he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. So, like, yeah. what scares me about this is Harden's already playing bad, and where Harden struggles is when you throw like bigger, stronger defenders at him. Over his career, he's been the bigger, stronger guy against all other defenders. He's definitely lost a step, and there are a lot of strong, big, capable defenders. I think Harden's going to play terribly with Scotty Barnes and OG guarding him a lot of the game. Really bad. I don't think this is going to go well. I think this is – he'll be – Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rich, where are we at? Where are we at in society right now? Just seriously. This is just crazy to me. This is what, This is almost why I've stayed away from my pod myself because – just... Hold on. Can I, just fin- can I just finish the take? Where are you even going with this? Hold on. Um, I He's going to get his, like, 13, 14 assists, and, like, he'll put up big assist number games, like – I think there's going to be a lot of games where he's scoring like these 12, 14 points, and that's not going to get it done. Like the only way that gets it done is if he's getting those 14 assist games because Tobias Harris, Maxi, and Beat are playing well. If they're all getting 20 points and he wants to go like 15 and 15, great, fine, love it, dude. The problem has been for me when Tobias Harris and Maxi aren't playing well, he's not being assertive, and I can't imagine he's going to be assertive going against one of the lengthiest, best defending teams in the NBA. I just don't see this going well for Harden. And B could absolutely get it done. I would pick the Raptors in seven, and this is not being like there's no way the Sixers win. The Sixers could obviously win the series. I just don't think Embiid's doing it on his own. Like, he's literally going to need to be putting up, like, 40 and 18 a night because I don't think James Harden's I, – I don't think he's getting it done this series. I think you're going to be here in a few weeks, even if they win, talking about how poorly James Harden played because the Raptors are a team shut up to oh make God, life – help set up to make life hell for them. It is just it is just unbelievable to me that now all of a sudden James Harden is a bad NBA player. Russell oh, Westbrook man. is about to be out of the league. Fucking, I mean, it's just unbelievable. This the Giants are just terrible. Um, no, seriously. Um, I would, I would let me just say no. Let me just say this about James Harden real quick because I, the the hate I brought at James Harden it was the fact that I thought that he should have been winning more with the talent that he was showing at showcasing during the regular season during some of those playoff runs and it was never ever able to get it done um you know it's kind of 
it's kind of the knock that's been thrown at KD. I don't really throw it at KD, but realistically, KD's done nothing in the playoffs except that one run with the Thunder and the joining the Warriors. That's it. I mean, that's all he's ever done in the playoffs. So yeah, he's got his two rings. Um, but where take that how you want it. Um, you know, James Harden has joined a couple teams now that, in my opinion, everyone was saying should have a chance to win a ring. And he's been off that team sooner than a year. So something's got to give here with the fact that obviously James Harden has been thrown into this mix of guys that can't get it done with certain players, certain teams, whatever it is. I thought this was going to be a chance for James Harden to kind of resurrect that. Obviously now getting out of this situation to get to this situation, getting out of that situation to get to this situation. This is where I always wanted to be. Fine, dude. Like, if you go look at this Sixers team, like, if James Harden was playing nearly 50% of what James Harden could do, like, I think the Sixers are a team that could make some noise in the East. Now, imagine if James Harden is playing anywhere type to the James Harden you want to see. And I'm not saying that James Harden can't do that. I'm more saying that I just always thought that that wasn't winning basketball in terms of how James Harden plays, not only on the offensive side, ISO type, but defensive side in the way he's kind of always had problems with his teammates. You know, he's done better since I think he's been with the Sixers in terms of Joel Embiid's still the main guy. But the whole point is he's going to have to make a couple of these big-time shots like in order for them to win. And I think that's where things get thrown out of whack because he's shown over time he can't do that when he's clearly done that in the regular season. So, yeah, maybe a week or two from now I'll come in here and be saying that, yeah, the reason why the Sixers lost was because of James Harden. But I just don't understand how that's going to be the the fence that you're hanging your hat on that we're going to die on. With like, I thought James Harden was was a top ten, you know, a, top, a better player in the league you know, than that. Things change. You're allowed to watch things and change your opinion. Right now, there's no scenario where you're ranking guys in the league and James Harden's a top ten player. He's in the top twenty five or whatever, sure. But like, and it, it's so hard to do because it's like, well, are we talking like career achievements? Like, sure. Then he's then he's up there. But if we're talking right now, while going into the playoffs, who do I want on my team? James Harden is not one of the top guys. No way. Give me give me Jason Tatum before him and be Jokic, like Steph, Ja, like so so many guys. Give me them before James Harden right now. They're they're playing far better. Like we can, we can change our minds as we're seeing a sample size. Which it's crazy though, because like I think last year on the Nets was some of the best I've ever seen James Harden play in my entire life. And it's a small sample size, but like during those games before he got the hamstring injury, like KD would be there for a few, Kyrie would be there for a few. He was putting up those 30-point nights while also having like 14 assist nights but not forcing shots, not playing heavy ice ball, like really playing point guard, doing a lot of scoring. And I don't know if he's another year older. I don't know if he's injured. Doc Rivers said in a public press conference very clearly that James is not injured. Doc Rivers times theirs up no matter what. Like, unless they're winning a fucking championship or something. Like, Doc Rivers, I don't know. I've always been biased towards negative Doc Rivers. He's so lucky he has an 08 championship or he would not be a fucking coach in the league right now. But what? Like, literally just, he throws his players under the bus all the time. Talking about DeAndre Jordan the other day. This man is just in love with DeAndre Jordan from his Clippers day. And, like, multiple reporters being like, you know, like, why are you playing this guy? And he's like, because I see him in practice every day, and he makes an impact. I see him every day. It's like, bro, like, we all see him on the fucking court. Like, there's – Frank Vogel had a even less talented roster and was getting shit for playing DeAndre Jordan. And now you're playing him even more, and you're talking about how you're going to play in playoff minutes. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like 
other coaches aren't telling you. Like, he did a press conference the other day, like, well, when they go small, we're going to do this. When they go big, we're going to do this. Like, bro, Nick Nurse is one of the smartest coaches in the league, and you're literally just saying, like, exactly what you're going to do. I don't know. I just, if nothing else, and this is not some James Harden excuse, nothing here is, like, to defend James Harden. Like, he's going to get shit on after this series, good or bad, whether they win or lose, I think. But, like, even if you think, like, you know, it's a close enough series, like, Embiid should push the Sixers over the top, which I think is a fair conclusion in this one. I'll give the enormous coaching edge to the team of Nick Nurse over Doc Rivers, like 100% of the time. Yeah, that matters. That's that fine. shit matters in the playoffs. That's fine. Like, all right. I mean, I guess just James Harden is just not not this type of player that we can come in and talk about as a top player anymore. Like, that's I guess we're just going to have to be at that spot. And Russ is potentially out of the league. I mean, I guess that's where we're at at the podcast. Russ is, the, thing, the last thing on Russ is, like, he'll – you touched on it before the Iverson thing. It is just so hard for those guys who are like balls in my hand 95% of the time when they become slightly less good to like have another role. Like Melo was kind of one, but Melo was a little luckier because he's like a good, a better shooter than those guys were like spot up shooter. So he kind of refound his niche in the league. It's like Russ is a better player right now than Carmelo Anthony is by a, by a lot, like by a lot better basketball player. But in terms of what a team needs from Russ and how far that could take the team, like he's probably not willing to be like an energy, like 14 minutes a game off the bench guy. And it's like, that's probably what like a team that's going even anywhere would want from him. And that would be a smaller, very small contract. And it's tough to get guys who are like Iverson, like Russ, like I'm one of the best guys to ever play. I'm a fucking MVP. Like I'm better than these guys. Like, and you're right. But like, we don't, we don't need that from you right now, bro. Like we need you to do way, way less. And it's like, I think it's really hard for those guys to comprehend. Like Russ and Iverson didn't have that like skill to fall back on, to be a great role player. Unless Russ for that skill would be like his, his will, like his, like, I'm going to get out there and make a fucking bro. Russ is going to be out of the league before he decides to take that type of role. And I'll hang my hat on that for a minute. And like, you know, a lot of people hate on Russ because of the way he is and the way he acts and the way he feels, bro. It's just all bullshit to me because I've just been seeing more shit all the time where it's like, oh, everyone wants to be different. It's like, bro, everyone's trying. Everyone, there's a million other people trying to do that. And it's just like there's so many people and everyone's just reacting to everyone's way they're reacting. It's just whatever, dude. Like, I, I, the way the season went for Russ, I don't look at Russ any differently, even though, yeah, it's extremely disappointing for me. Like, I think it's not crazy to say if Russ was on a different squad, regardless of where – that's the issue I'm starting to figure out. It's like, where is this even going to be at? Because if you're a contending team, you're bringing in Russ to to play that that 14 minute a game thing. He ain't doing that. Like, if you're a young team building, like, do you really want to bring in Russ? Like, probably not. So it's like, is he just on like the older teams that are bad? Like, is that the old? Like, what team can he even be on? Like, I don't know. I just think it's interesting because he's kind of got himself in a dilemma now where he's been on. Was it four teams in four years? Literally, like basically. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's obviously he's getting paid forty-seven million dollars, which I is another thing that I think is very interesting in this whole thing. Because if you're paying somebody forty-seven million dollars, like that's like a top player in the NBA, right? Like top five, ten, twenty player in the NBA. Um. It's where is where where would we ranking Russ right now if we had to go rank NBA players right now? Like I don't think it's crazy to say like he's not even in the top fifty right now. Like 
like Russ is Russ is probably not in the top fifty right now of NBA players. I, I mean, like it's this convoluted. Like, what are you doing? Are you going out there trying to play a one-on-one pickup game? And sure, his rating's a lot higher. Like he's he's a capable, like very capable basketball. Yeah, that's the thing Melo was struggling with years ago. Like you need a guy to go get you one-on-one in a pickup game. Melo will fuck up ninety percent of the league. But it's like you need a guy to play a role to contribute to a championship in today's NBA, there's probably 100, 120 players I might rather have. Like, give give me Gary Trent every day of the week. Give me, like, <laughs> those guys can those guys can just play a role better, play shoot better, play defense better. So it's like, that's the thing, that's the thing that's so tough about it. Like, it's not... It's yeah, really I just like think it's crazy. I just think like it's crazy because people take yeah. this greatness for granted and, and Skip Bayless spits on him averaging uh, triple-doubles four seasons in a row. But it's like, literally... In 2017, just a few days ago, Russ had 50 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, recording his 42nd triple-double of the season. This is back when he's on the Thunder. And it's like, it was just incredible. Like, I knew I knew that the Thunder weren't going to win championship. I knew that Russ, even if he went other places, wasn't going to be performing like this at this level for that long the way he played. I told you that his game wasn't going to age well. And I think we're seeing that come yeah, to fruition right now. And all these people are acting like, you, you couldn't come to expect this. Like, this is what I came to expect. And it's just sad that people are responding this way when it's like, this is probably what you should have seen coming, especially when you're on a LeBron James Lakers team. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just tough for me, dude. It really is. I've been down about that for sure. Like, Russ gets, Russ gets so much hate uh, uh, on, like, the Lakers season, too. Like, it's just, like, nonstop with Russ. And it's like, all right, man. Like... It's all my fault. Like, is that what you want him to say? Like, is that what you want him to say when they're asking him? Yeah, it's all my fault, dude. I played terrible. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand what anybody wants him to say or do differently. Like, it's not like he wasn't trying. He played 80 games. Bro, but that's not like, that's this isn't some like, ah, at least you tried, bro. Like, this is the NBA. You're on like the fucking media spotlight team, the Lakers. Like, there's no at least you tried. Yeah, but all I'm trying to say is like, are you trying to tell me that the reason why the Lakers are as bad as they were this year is because Russell Westbrook. 90 times why the Lakers are as bad as they were. It's mainly because Anthony Davis got hurt. Otherwise, they'd be in the play-in. The second reason is absolutely because they signed Russell Westbrook and gave up all their role players. It's a double whammy. If they had had, if they had signed Russell Westbrook and kept Caruso and kept KCP somehow, well, then, yeah, they wouldn't have been as bad. They'd have good role players. They still wouldn't have made Russell Westbrook the ideal fit, but they would have been better. They would have had better players. They're, Let me ask you. I know you got to go. Cast, Let me just ask you one question. I need to ask you one question. Is it? Is it? If, if Russell Westbrook did what he does this year, right, which is he averaged 18, 7, and 7, right, the Lakers missed the playoffs, and everyone's coming in on him like, oh, like, terrible. Second second 18, in, turn, second in turnovers, in league in turnovers. Terribly, it won't work. He needs, that's the thing. Like, 18, I, everyone in the NBA knows you can put Russell Westbrook in and get 18, 7, and 7. That's not the question. It's not like, wow, okay, he did it. Like, he's a high-usage player that hustles out there, will get rebounds, he'll get his assists. It's not stat padding. He's playing the game of basketball hard. I always disagreed with it being stat padding. Like, he's playing the game of basketball hard, but he's not doing it efficiently, and he's not playing on the other end. So teams are going to say, no, thank you, Russ, unless you're willing to play 15 minutes. That's that's just going to be what it is. Unless there's a team out there that, like, you know, to swap contracts, the Knicks just take it for a year and like, hey, let's fill some seats, see what we got. Unless like the Wizards want to try and run it back because he did have a pretty good season with them. It's not 
it's not that he's not a capable NBA player. I just don't think a team is going to want to like run him out there over like, eh, let's just get our young guys some run and see where we could go because Russ isn't going to get us to a championship right now. And that's most players in the NBA aren't going to lead you to the championship. Just he's not doing things efficiently anymore, which is what we see with high usage guys as they get older, as they lose some of their quickness, athleticism, especially if you're never a great shooter, it's it catches up with you. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'd rather him just get out of the league, honestly. I'm dead ass on this. Just, you were, you, just get out. Like, uh, go to the Knicks for what? Like, so people, not, so not, you start coming in and talking shit about how, damn, dude, I'm mad. Russ is fucking losing his games. Like, nah, fuck you, dude. Uh, Russ ain't uh, losing uh, you uh, games. Uh, 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 uh. Fucking, your you roster right sucks I ass. Promise you, <laughs> I promise you right now, if he ever came to the Knicks, I would only talk shit on him for taking the ball away from R.J. Barrett too much, but I would never be like always losing us games because I could look at it and go like, you know what, we got rid of Julius Randle. <laughs> you are just such a fucking asshole. <laughs> nah, it's it's crazy to me. I, I almost want to see Russ just go to the Thunder again and just see what he can do. Just burn out. Just one last, one last hurrah. Try and win a championship. But, 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 so the tough thing with it is like any of these teams, it's like, you can't take the ball out of SGA's hands to give it to Russ. That's so bad for like your team's development. Like you can't. SGA is one of the best players in the league when he's letting him stay on the court. And it's like there were talks of him to the Hornets. I think that would have to be a buyout. Like you'd be that's a criminal offense if you're taking the ball out of Lamelo's hands to like be like, oh well, let's start Russ at point guard and see if you guys could play alongside each other. Like every fan would like fucking that would be awful. Like you give your young guy the ball and you like let him go. You don't. Yeah, I agree. Like, I just. I just can't see like truly the only team off the top of my head. The magic, somewhat of basketball sense. The magic, I feel like, or the magic. But even that, like you got Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, like why? Yeah, but like Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz are like more of these spot up shoot guard type of guards. Had a pretty good year this year. He did, but he's not a point guard type of guy, in my opinion. I think I think he could be. I think Russ needs to be on a team where like he's not shooting at all. Like, and like you go look at like, you go look at some of the teams that, that young teams that that would be. Yeah, maybe Washington if Brad Beal's the there. The only team, the only team I can see it on, like literally making sense is like Brad Beal, Porzingis. You got Kispert. You got some guys who could shoot there. Like fuck it, maybe he's not playing thirty a night. Maybe he's getting twenty five and something like that. And like still like. I, you're not going far, but like if you make it work and he plays like he did a year ago, you could be a you know, six, seven, eight team if your season's going well and, like, put up some exciting moment. Like, I, I, that's, I think that's the best scenario for him right now. Like, he's on a team that's, like, competing for the play-in and has the right pieces around him. Whatever. I'm, I, o- I'm not even I'm trying over to knock him. I'm over it. Hey, at least James Harden's, at least James Harden's in the playoffs. <laughs> Look, I'm... I, I've supported James Harden because I thought he was overhated on. What I'm really concerned with, just hoping Melo comes back next year and hopefully he can be on a team that's actually contending for a ring, whether it's the Lakers again, whether it's another team, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he runs it back with the Lakers. He played, he was, this isn't even me just riding Melo, but like he was probably one of their few players that wasn't a disappointment. Granted, the expectations on him were not high, but like it was like, oh, okay, he actually like made his shots and played most of the games. All right. Like, he wasn't the problem kind of thing. Like, him and LeBron were, like, the two guys, like, where it's like, well, I guess they did what we expected them to do. Just everything else kind of fell apart here. 
But again, if you're if you ever asked me to pick one thing why the Lakers season fell apart, Russell Westbrook would be second or third on that list. He's a huge, enormous reason, but with one or two being lack of depth or Anthony Davis and no Anthony Davis. But he's a huge part of it. He's not the sole part. He's a huge part of it. Yeah, where's but, LeBron at in this ranking of you got? Because you just got him taking uh, no, no blame. Zero blame. What, zero what blame. blame do you want to give him? 19th season, second in the league in scoring. He got hurt, missed a few games. Like, that's the only thing I could give him is, like, if he had played more games maybe. But, like, he was playing 38 minutes a night in his 19th season and, like, taking all the usage. Like, I think he did everything he could do. Like, if Anthony Davis is out there, if Ross is playing a little better, he ideally doesn't have to do as much. I'm I'm not someone who, like, defends LeBron at every turn. But, like, I can't put any blame on LeBron for this season, really. Interesting. Interesting. I just I just wonder how this impacts like LeBron's just overall like career, you know. People will use it to knock him when comparing him to Jordan, but I think overall it doesn't really like I don't know. Like how it's it's similar to the Tom Brady thing of like it's almost when you're doing shit at year 19, it's you're almost like doing it without judgment because it's like, well, I mean, fuck it. The dude's in his 19th season. He's almost 40. Like, everything he's doing is pretty impressive. Like, we're going to get on him because he couldn't carry, like, this hobbled team with no depth a little further, even though he was averaging, like, over 30 a night. It's, like, to me, it's, like, hard to... I understand not using that to, like, prop up his case, but it's hard to knock his case when people are, like, in their 20th season still doing stuff better than almost the rest of the league. So, like, to me, it doesn't impact anything at at all it all to him it's like super impressive to me you're not going to use it to push him over someone else unless you're arguing longevity which isn't the best argument but like it's not it's hard to knock him on it where it's like everyone else would be retired at this age or like playing way worse yeah i mean i guess i guess that's valid um i thought what he was doing was incredible and i don't know if he'd be able to do this next year it'd be impressive um i don't know it's just more like all right he's Kind of like what you were saying, like playing this well, not in the playing tournament, not in the playoffs at all, like eleven seed in the West. Like, well, I think they effort to drag. Were they five and eighteen or something since the All Star break, bro? Literally tied with the Thunder for the record after All Star break. Tanking that had a better record than them. Yeah, absolutely. Blazers. Yeah, like uh, what? What the fuck is going on? Like that has to that has to impact a little bit. I mean, I. I, I don't I don't say it's LeBron another, directly, another it. but I think the fact that this season went the way it went for the Lakers definitely has a small impact on LeBron. We're going into like the ninth and tenth reason, tenth reason now, but I think a small part of it is like if the team has LeBron, Russell Westbrook, or they're wearing the purple and gold, like teams are going to get up to play you. Like I promise you, teams are going into games against the Thunder and Blazers. Like oh my fucking god, why do we have to play these guys? And end up having a game or two where like. You're playing NBA players. They start hitting their threes. You lose those games. Yeah. Teams aren't walking into the Lakers stadium like, uh, they're walking like, yo, let's put the hurt on these guys. These guys, everyone's going to be talking about how yeah. much they suck. Like, let's, like, teams do not walk into LA going like, oh, fuck, here we go. They're like, yeah, let's go on national TV. Let's fuck these guys up. They walk into Portland and OKC going like, god damn it, I'm hungover from last night. Let's get this game over with. And end up having a game here and there where they're like, oh, shit, we're playing NBA players that beat us. So, like, you don't you don't get the same thing in LA. Like people are going to get up to play you no matter what. So has like, there, again, that's not the main reason, but that's part of it. Has there ever been a player coach in the NBA? 
Yeah, uh, Kareem. Or was it Will? Kareem? Will. One of the two. I saw something that LeBron James should oh, be the Bill next Russell. He- Bro, LeBron Russell. James should be the next head coach of the Lakers. Bill Russell was player coach. Um, Is that actually, like, the craziest thing? Like, if LeBron was the head coach of the Lakers and playing? Yeah, yeah. Like that would be that would be kind of crazy, right? You would like <laughs> you could give him a lot of the responsibility. You could, but like you need you need someone manning the side. Like LeBron James trying to figure out substitution patterns. Like while on the fortieth minute of a game, it's like the dude will never sub himself out. Like it, nah, you need you need someone that's like, bro, okay, I know you're the man, and like you don't have to listen to me, but like also listen to me, right? <laughs> Like, yeah. I think that's why he's always had those coaches, though, where it's like people are always like, oh, he can like bulldoze over them, or it's like people he's close with, or like Ty Lue, stuff like that. It's like he can do the coaching, but it's also people that he's willing to like listen to. And like, you know, if it's not working with Frank Vogel anymore, I think Frank Vogel's a good coach. He would be like number 20th on the list of who I think is to blame for anything here. I understand why they fired him because you need to change something. And I don't know if you're going to be able to trade Russ, and I don't know, you don't know roster flexibility. You're not going to fire. Genie Boss or Palinka, so it's like what it the only literally the only thing you can trade change is the change is the coach. It's yeah. not gonna help him. Palinka should be fired though, and him saying that he's gonna take input from LeBron on uh roster decisions, Palinka, like why didn't he take input the whole thing is fucking warped out to me, bro. Oh yeah. They need I think the GM should be fired people. if you're firing the coach. That's just me. The one thing the one thing not that I, I don't watch a lot of Stephen A, but I know he's said it for years, and I saw a clip of him saying it yesterday, and he's absolutely right. Right, Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis are like key decision makers in the Lakers franchise. Like Janie, Jeannie Buss runs everything by him. Kurt Rambis has had like six different head coaching jobs for like a year each time and gets fired. Linda Rambis, I have no idea what her this like why she's involved there. Like they're family friends with the buses. Like I'm not saying they don't know basketball. Kurt Rambis was a good basketball player for the Lakers and the Showtime Lakers, but like, what the fuck? Get a get a basketball executive in there. Why are you running shit by like your family friends <laughs> used to be like like it's well documented that Kurt and Linda Rambis make like sign off on a lot of decisions the Lakers make. And it's like Bro, other teams are being run by, like, fucking Jerry West, Masai Ujiri, like, smart basketball minds. Like, get someone in there that fucking knows what they're doing. Get a cap expert in there. Get people who know how to actually do this Yeah, you want to know what's very interesting about what I've been seeing with the NBA, though? And I know you got to go, but it's basically the fact that uh, uh, these GMs and these teams that are running the team, uh, not necessarily players are good, uh, good at this. Like... The Sam Prestes, the Masai Ujiri's of the world, these guys that literally played no NBA basketball are the the cream of the crop, in my opinion. The Michael Jordans, the Magic Johnsons, the Phil Jacksons, we've seen how these have gone when you're they're in charge of the GM. The LeBron tough. James, if he decides he wants to do that, I don't think it's going to go well. I mean, he's 5-0 in his all-star roster picking. Yeah, that's fine. Like, whatever. What a fucking joke. Like, it doesn't mean he can be a what GM of a basketball team. Like, I don't know. And I don't know this. This is me just kind of spitballing. But I think a lot of those guys, people that have done this in the past, they didn't anticipate quite how much the game was going to change. And they weren't, like, ready to change with it. One benefit of the doubt I give LeBron is, like, over the course of his 20 years in the NBA or, like, whatever it's going to be about 19 now, whatever it's going to be by the time it's done, like, he's seen the league change, like, three, four different times to, like, slow pace, grind it out, yeah. to like, double bigs to no bigs to the stretch four era to the only threes era. Like, there's been, like, nine different ways the league has changed. So I think he'd at least be smart enough to, like, 
listen to people look at trends because that's why people without experience do better sometimes like they look at things super black and white and they're like Daryl Morey, Sam Presti's they're like no like a three is worth more than a two we're gonna get guys who can focus on doing this we're gonna get guys who turn the ball over less because that gives us more possessions per game which gives us more times to score like, like simple math whereas you got guys like Jordan and Bird being like oh this guy's a hooper and I think he's gonna be able to hoop Sam Presti's like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I'll take this guy who's, you know, got a great vorp for his college stat. You know, it's just different ways of looking at things. And, like, it's not that numbers is the right way or the only way, but a mix of eye test and numbers is always going to be better than eye test. <laughs> like, so, like, I think it helps to have, like, these kind of new age guys who are like, well, we can look at things in a few different ways rather than, like, oh, this guy, you know. And I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but. I think LeBron yeah. is smart enough to look at things in a different way. Not to say it would 30 work. plus points per game in the midst of playoffs has only happened four times in the past 30 years. LeBron? Ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anyone else recent? I want to guess and see. LeBron? Anyone else recent? Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyone else besides LeBron recent? Okay. Um, 30 plus and missed the playoffs. Can you give me the year on it? Does it say? Average 30 plus points per game and missed the playoffs has only happened four times in the past 30 years. LeBron year this season, last okay. season. Um, last season, um, did Steph miss the playoffs last year? Yes, they missed the playoffs. They were in the plan and then lost the season before that. Um, season, was that the bubble season? Who would have missed the playoffs? Booker? Was he that? Oh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Let's go. And Allen Iverson in 2005, 2006, that season that I think I was referring to. Uh, pretty incredible stat. Um, not a great stat for my guy LBJ though. Sad, sad, and not a great stat for my guy Russ too, because obviously everyone's throwing the yeah. heat on Russ. We also didn't even. I, I got to get out of here in a second. We didn't even touch on the Bucks versus uh, Bulls. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a four, four or five game series. Yeah, gonna be a real quick one. Yeah, that's one of the ones where unfortunately my take kind of went down the tubes, but it was kind of What's climbing up the mountain for a bit. Demar Demar Derozan's been impressive. Lonzo Ball going out has just been killer. And Patrick Williams dropped 35 the other night. Don't worry. The Bulls next year, the Bulls next year might have that season that I was talking about this year. Very close. Very close. Okay on that until like the stat came out that they were like 0 16 against like top five teams. And then I was like, all right, maybe they're not quite that good. (laughs) I was. If they could have turned that stat around, they were on pace to have that type of season, bro. Dead ass. They were on pace. Yeah, no, my Bucks thing, Bucks set that one up good. They wanted to tee that up for a nice sweep, probably, by not having Lonzo, the two seed to face the the Nats, Lonzo who I think knock out the Celtics. Just my here. thing with them was always, like, and DeRozan played way better than I thought, but when we get to the playoffs, I don't trust Vucevic going against Embiid or Giannis or, like, most of the guys out there that he's going to have to go against. Like, I don't trust any, like, dominant big and then Vucevic having to be the option to go against him because their next best option is like Patrick Williams who just came back DeRozan's not a good defender so it's like I just didn't trust their front court defense coming to the playoffs but they that you were more right on them I guess I don't know I guess they probably finished around where people expected but before those injuries they they did were looking really good and far better than people expected. yeah dude Lonzo Ball injury was killer for sure and then not coming back Caruso missing mad time with that Grayson Allen incident and patrick williams missing most of the season i think season is yeah how many things happen because like at the end of the day like a six-seeded bulls and having like probably a five-round first-round series is about exactly what we would have expected 
but for 75% of the year, they were like way exceeding expectations. Same with teams like the Cavs and stuff like that, where it's like, well, look at this. And then the season ends where it's like, yeah, it's about right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's just wild. That's why, that's why the long season is fun and it would mess up stats and stuff. Cause it's like different trends and stuff, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, you, Jokic might not have got his first player in NBA history with 2,000 points, 1,000-plus rebounds, and 500 assists in a single season. Oh, my God, dude, so votes. sick. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he got the MVP. Yeah, fuck uh, him. Yeah, you want to know what's you want to know what's so interesting about like some of the stats that he and you would give me that why he's the MVP? I go, I go and checked up a couple of those with some other players, like – that are, like, in the conversation for MVP and, like, where they ranked with, like, other players that aren't. Like, bro, defensive win shares, like, Mitchell Robinson is better. Mitchell Robinson has better win. doing the Nick Wright thing again. It's just such fucking bullshit, though. It's just bullshit. Like, watching the game, and I'm not saying I don't like to watch Jokic play, and I'm not saying Jokic is a good player. But I'm just saying, like, watching the games, like, I'm watching the games, like, everyone's like, oh, well, Russ won when he was the sixth seed. But, like, yeah, Russ was doing something that never been done before, so it was, like, he probably shouldn't even want it anyways. What? By what? The triple doubles, you're saying? Yeah, like, I feel like that's basically the only reason why Russ won that MVP. Like, yeah, he was well, doing... He was, but he but... was also putting up, like, 50-point triple doubles, like, that season. The Jokic season he won. putting up 40-point triple doubles, and he... Jokic is having a far better season than Russell Westbrook had. Like, he is. Just the two assists make it a little less flashy on the difference there. Look. I think that's the most disingenuous argument ever by Nick Wright. Anyone who gets to put a microphone in front of him and be like, oh, it's only winning because of advanced stats. Like, no one has ever been like, Jokic is the MVP because of VORP and defensive win shares. Like, it's not anyone's argument. Like, those are stats that, like, help to be like, oh, he's having a really good season. But, like, he's averaging 27, 13, and 8 on, like, incredibly efficient shooting like leading the league in most of those metrics didn't have his top two guys there finished with the same record as Embiid. like if i look at like if you're doing the who team success you need to be a top three seed to me then it's like okay you think it's Giannis, which is fair i don't think it's crazy to think it's Giannis and bead or Jokic. honestly like i think it's Jokic, but i don't think it's crazy to think it's any of them but like if you're doing the team record need to be higher in the standings then it's Giannis. I don't see many reasons for it to be Embiid over Jokic to me. Like, I think he did more with less most of the season. Like, the sexy thing to say for Embiid is, like, first big to lead the league in points since Shaq. Like, all right, he had three more points a game than Jokic. Jokic was doing far more for the team's offense. Like, you're watching the Nuggets game. Every single play starting or ending with Jokic on, like, the assist, on the point, something there, putting up 15 board nights. Like, I... Again, like, I'm not saying this to say, like, it's not Embiid. Like, I would never – if you're saying that to me it's Embiid, I don't think that's crazy. He had a great season. Just to me, when I break it down, like, I can see the arguments for Giannis a little more than Embiid. I think all the arguments for Embiid I could make for Jokic. Like, the only really good argument for Embiid is, like, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year, but he's somewhere in that argument, whereas, like, Jokic had a, a good – defensive season compared to in the past but he's not on the same level as Embiid so if you want to argue like Embiid does more on the defensive side that's a fair argument it's just the goalpost changes too much with the with the with the awards in the NBA like like I don't think so. it just it does it just does for me like where where was where was Denver where was Denver ranked last season when Jokic won the MVP were they like a five seed 
Uh, I'll look up last year's standings. I think they were like third, maybe fourth. And 2021. They were like a third seed, I think. They were third. So I think, like, that's why I think it matters where they're ranked. And, like. Yeah, but here's the other thing. I think they had just as many wins this year. Like, I don't, I I don't, I think people overvalue the standings. That's fine, but I'm just saying, like, it's just. Everyone knocks Russ's get getting his MVP as a six seed. This isn't about Russ. This I know it's about not about Russ. It's about the standings. The the Nuggets are in the sixth seed right now, just outside the play-in. Literally played a game to stay out of the play-in tournament, and that's got your MVP on it. Like I, I'm not saying his season is an MVP caliber. I'm saying why isn't that winning isn't more important? What's Devin Booker's stat lines? Like Devin, okay, Bo- okay, hold on. Like hold it's on. just, I don't know. That's a fa- it's that's just a fair argument, but the other thing is like, are we really valuing three games that much? The Nuggets finished with forty-eight wins. The the Sixers finished with fifty-one. Like, are we saying that's what determines the MVP? Like, I don't think that's that different to me. Like, I think people can argue the East was a better conference this year. The counter argument would be the top two teams record-wise were in the West. The Suns and the Grizzlies were in the West. So like. Pretty equally talented conferences. The Nuggets finished three games back of the Bucks and the Sixers and didn't have their second and third best player there the entire year. Like, I think that's a pretty reasonable amount where, like, they're all in that same equation. It's not like one finished 10 games above the other. Now, I don't think Booker's the MVP, but I think there's a very reasonable argument to make there. Like, yo, this guy finished 13 games above the Bucks and the Sixers. And had this, I don't know, a stat line off the top of my head, this incredible stat 28 line. 28 something and something, yeah. I think he was 28, 6, and 5 or something like that, which, hey, for a guard in this league. Are you here? Yeah. I'm frozen in front of my end. Oh. Yeah, I think, I literally think you could make the argument for any four of those guys. Luke is like the fifth guy to me, and I don't really think I could make the argument you maybe could but like I wouldn't make the argument for Luca over any of those guys just because he did have an incredible end of the season like it's literally such a crazy year like it wouldn't be insane if someone argued Luca. I don't think it's Luca, but I think any of those four guys you can make a real argument for Booker, Jokic, Giannis and B like, so I guess my point is why is it Jokic though I just don't understand why like Jokic is the clear runaway favorite now and he's been basically the clear runaway favorite for you on the pod all year I, and all I'm trying to I say is like seating wise responsible for on the team's offense like Chris you, Paul missed like twenty something games this year. Suns have a franchise record in wins. Again, like I, my take here is pro Jokic. It's not anti any of these guys. So the, when you look at the Nuggets plus minus, they have a when you take minutes he's off the court, they are a seventeen win team, which is worse than the worst team in the league, the Rockets. When you take the minutes he's on the court, they're a sixty five win team, which is basically the Phoenix Suns. So it's like it that. Again, that's not to show, like, see, he's the MVP because of these advanced metrics. It's just another thing to show his case. Like, when he leaves the floor, his team is not capable of playing against NBA players. They lose the second quarter every single game they play because he plays about eight, nine minutes in the first quarter and rests the first minutes of the second quarter. Then he comes back on the court, and they get right back into games, and he's leading them to a team with a positive record without a whole lot of, like, Aaron Gordon's the next best NBA player on that team without those guys, and he's like a... 
good defensive like role guy that's going to get you like 13 points most nights like they don't Jokic is literally making the entire thing go and that's not to say that Embiid isn't because Embiid had that same <laughs> argument for most of the year did did Jokic no. have a better season this year than he did last to, to, to you um in, in like the yeah yeah individually like yeah. this season he had a better season than last year to you. I, I would say so, yeah. They're both very good seasons. What's crazier about this year is, like, this year there's more people had good seasons. So, like, last year I kind of thought he was, like, the run the runaway winner. Yeah. Just because of how many games people missed. Like, yep. I, I don't think that right now. He is my vote. But, like, I'm not going to be here on the podcast if, like, Embiid gets the MVP. Like, this is bullshit. This is why Jokic should – I was just kind of be like, yeah, it was really close. I kind of thought it was Jokic. Like, it's, you know, fair enough. Like, I don't think, I think going there's going to be people that come here, including me on the podcast, when Jokic wins the MVP, going, this is bullshit. That's this That's is bullshit. No, nah, I'm not out of my mind. There are a million arguments that point to it being him. There are arguments that point to other people, too. But you're not acknowledging any of those. You're just trying to say your only argument. Yeah, good thing we cut out. It's fine. I wanted to cut out anyways. I don't think anyone's wrong to say, like, this is the MVP. But to say it's clearly not this guy is like, okay, you're just being biased and arguing your case because there is no clear argument. That's why everyone's confused. If there was a clear argument, like, someone would be just running away with it, which might happen to Jokic, but I still don't think there's a clear argument for him. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's one of the best years of the MVP we've ever seen to, in terms of the races for it. Like, I don't remember ever being like oh i don't know it could be one of these five guys or something like that like that's kind of what we're dealing with right now like every year it's almost like no it's one of these two and i'm pretty sure it's this one but this is a this is a wild year yeah it's definitely been a wild year my only knock on Giannis is like from a team perspective he's, he's incredible and he, again he could win defensive player of the year so that's a pro argument for him but from a team's perspective he does i don't think he has to do quite as much as Embiid and Jokic had to do and Embiid finished with the same record as Giannis. So I think that's where Embiid beats out Giannis there. So for me, Jokic, Embiid. I, I might go Booker before Giannis. I think that's a tough – I think that is a tough one right there. Jokic, Embiid are my top two still in that order. But, like, I can, I can hear um, three and four Booker-Giannis argument either way there. I'd have Luka fifth. Yeah, I think Booker deserves more love. I, I no, think... you're right. You're right. I think I it's not crazy like that Devin Booker win MVP this year, but there's he's got no shot at it. So I'd like to see Giannis win it, to be honest. Like, I'd like to see Giannis win it. Um, I'd like to see Joel Embiid win it over Jokic. And I'm not – this is not anti-Jokic. This is, this is trying to save the MVP award, in my opinion. Because if we give the MVP award to Jokic this season after him getting it last season, him having, in my opinion, a worse season – Every argument people give against them aren't real arguments. Like, it's, oh, if we do it again, like, that's that's not how fucking MVP works. Every argument against them is, like, not a real argument. Like, I have not heard a, like... Okay, so if the Nuggets next year... No, seriously. if the, This is my point with this argument. If he wins MVP in, in a week or whenever it is, a couple weeks, and the Nuggets next season get Jamal Murray back, get Michael Porter Jr. back, draft some dude, Bone Highlands takes a leap, Nuggets are number one seed in the West. Jokic has inc- similar numbers, incredible season. Like, how are you going to give this award to him when he's now the one seed in the West after him just almost being in the play-in 
like it's just it's gotta matter to me where you're at in the fucking that can't you can't look at like what could happen next year as to how we give this oh my god just like you tell me i can't look at what happened last year how to give this but to me it has to matter no sick it is the 2021-2022 MVP. It's not the, but what might happen next year and what happened that last year, 2022 MVP. It is literally this season. Can you just MVP. admit that that's what they do, though? Can you just please admit that that's what they right do? I right now that narratives are a huge part of it. So if next year Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. come back and Jokic is putting similar results up, it's not that he's going to win it or he can't win it either way. It's like he will have less of an argument because those guys are there and they will be like, well, look, I'm telling you what'll happen. And it, and if someone like, I'm just trying to come up with a random name, like Luca next year, like, you know, Jalen Brunson leaves in free agency. Bro, if they're, if they're the one seed, say they get 70 wins or something crazy. Okay, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? He's going to win the MVP. But like, the, but like, that's my point is like, you set it up where like, let's, get, let's just do it where, let's do it like you said, 21, 22, Best player, best team, MVP. Like, let's just do that. Like, let's just do that. Like, are you telling me the Nuggets are the best team, even though they might have the best player? No, they are not. They are not. Valuable player. It's not the most best player on the best team award. You could make that argument. Most valuable player. The cool thing about the award is there's 90 different ways to look at it. To me, the way I look at value is like, what do you mean to your team? A good way to look at that is on and off the court. How do you perform? How much of the offense and defense and everything as a team run through you? That's the stuff that makes me pick Jokic for just this year. And I think where I could poke a hole in your argument for the future is I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that Jokic right now is better than LeBron James. It was very fair to think in the early or late 2000s that LeBron James was going to win every single MVP for the near future. You- he did not because guys have great seasons. Bro. Fatigue steps in. You start to be – and the other thing here is – if Giannis was having this season right now for the first time, like this is the first time he'd ever done this, he'd probably win the MVP because people like new, exciting things. Like, voter, real people emotions are a real thing. That's why some people don't like Jokic because he doesn't make sexy, like, dunks or, like, crazy, like, step-back three-pointers. He's just playing this, like, kind of, like, facilitating the whole offense, making the smart, right basketball play. So, like, human emotion comes into play here. Jokic is not going to win all the future MVPs if he wins this year because it's like, well, we have to give it to him, like, Luca will have a crazy season, and Bede will. Giannis will take a step. Like, shit will happen. A team will finish with 70 wins or something, and, like, they'll have the MVP. All I'm trying to say is if he has a better season in the future, it's hard to give it to – it's hard not to give it to him after you give it to him when he's the sixth seed. Like, and, yeah, and that's ignoring everyone else. Like, Luca will have a better season or something. There will be other people there with him that will get those votes that will also have better. And I disagree with the fact that if the Lakers were the sixth seed or the five seed, LeBron I would have as MVP over Jokic. Oh, I said in the conver- I said in the conversation, I would not have him as the MVP. Like he'd be like teetering with like Luke. He'd be with Tatum probably on like that five six outside spot. I'd say he'd be in the conversation. <sighs> I do not think it'd be like, crazy like, to say the LeBron is the MVP over Jokic if they had a better record or the same record as the Denver Nuggets. Well, now okay, now we're living in crazy. Yeah, but like that's before. basically. Yeah, I know. We're, of course we are. But you just you literally said to me that. LeBron is not better than Jokic. Well, LeBron, in my opinion, had just a better, just about a good, if not better, season no, than Jokic. What I just, no, what I just said is going back to the early 2000s. I don't think anyone thinks like on a like career overall level that like who we thought 2010 LeBron was going to be. Like we don't think Jokic is going to be better than that. We we're looking at LeBron saying this is the next Michael Jordan. 
And even he, after winning a few MVPs, didn't just sweep all the MVPs. Like, other talent came in. People got the MVP. That was my only point. It wasn't like a right now point on those two. It was like... Yeah, other talent came in. People got the MVPs when they probably shouldn't. LeBron should have got the MVP, but you don't want to give it to him every year. And it's the same thing that you're going to set up with Jokic if you give it to him back-to-back years when he probably doesn't even deserve it last year or this year. Just saying. Uh, Just saying. Let's just give the MVP okay, to the guy who's the MVP. That's all I'm trying you to can't say. say. Just saying, when all the smartest people who watch the most basketball vote on it, and the large majority of them say we thought this was the best one. There's not some like, just saying everyone was wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the large majority. Like, we could make the argument okay. that it should have been Embiid or Giannis without saying that people are insane for voting for Jokic because that's I. That's where you're just losing any argument, anyone. Like Nick Wright, anyone. That's where anyone sounds like an idiot when they're like, everyone's a moron for this. Like, no, it's so close to where you can't call people a moron for one side. If you have a case, use your case for your player. If you're going to try and poke holes in a guy having, like, one of the greatest seasons we've seen in a long time, like, no, no, no. How about you try and prop up your player's case instead of being like, oh, Vorpin defensive win shares mean Jokic doesn't get it. Like, oh, I'm sorry, because he leads two stats that no one was even bringing up. That's why he shouldn't get it. <laughs> what? <laughs> whatever dude whatever dude like well well mitchell robinson and Jokic lead the league in defensive shares so that's why they're the best two defenders like no it's just a metric to look at to get an idea of something and it's a flawed metric because it over yeah all right let me just minute. say this whatever give Jokic the award i don't even give a fuck i've lost faith in faith in the mvp uh nba mvp but i will say this if they do give him the mvp hold on if they give him the mvp they're gonna come out with a playoff MVP because he's getting bounced in the first round, and your MVP shouldn't be getting bounced in the first MVP. round. It's finals MVP. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a playoff run award because this dude fucking gets to the playoffs and shell shocks worse than James Harden. Dude, it's it's a, not an uncommon thing to have the MVP be on a team where he had to do the most, so they don't have a lot of talent, so they get kind of fucked up in the playoffs. We saw it with Harden. We saw it with Russ. We saw it with Jokic. We saw it with Giannis early in his career before they got Holiday there. Like, this is a very common thing. The MVP usually goes to a guy who gets a shitload of usage. The guy who gets a shitload of usage usually doesn't have the best team around him unless you're like LeBron James. Yep. It's fine. I don't think you could ever put in a playoff MVP because then it's like. They're going to have to at this point with the way this is going down. You you give it to the guy who had a really good two rounds and got bounced in the second round. You, You would just give it to a guy who made the finals because that's the guy team who made a great run yeah but i think last year kd would have been the playoff mvp even though they lost i think a couple of these seasons that you talk about more valuable than Giannis in the playoffs though he wasn't he wasn't but Giannis. okay yeah he wasn't obviously (laughs) but i'm saying if you could give an mvp not to Giannis, who was what the finals mvp it would probably be kevin durant so then, so then the playoff MVP is really the second best player in the playoffs because we gave the playoff MVP to the finals MVP. Who the fuck wants to be named the second best player in the playoffs? Like, don't that, don't, that's so weird. KD, who's I, been the second best well, player his entire life. <laughs> receive his playoff MVP for getting bounced in the second round and he'll be like, fuck off, I'm not taking that. I guarantee it. He'd be like, I'm not taking that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like someone would take that, like like yeah, like if a younger guy, like a Jaw, had a good run, he'd probably be hyped about it. Someone like Durant's, like get that shit out of here, I'm trying to win a ring. Oh my god, whatever, dude, whatever. It's all fucking hyperbole with you. I look, I I just think you gotta be 
I think people get too emotional and set on who they think the guy is that they get like butthurt that someone else is going to get it. And it's like, yo, we are literally seeing historic seasons from three guys. Like I don't like, I saw Nick's rights, Nick Wright's stupid thing. Like, dude, you can say if someone's using advanced stats to you as their sole argument, that would be a fair response. But also the dude is right next to them and wins averaging 27, 13 and eight or something. Like it's not, no one's citing those things. Like that's not a rebuttal. You're just trying to like, play a straw man argument like Paul Coles and something where it's like no one's no one's really arguing that you're arguing against yourself on that like no one's that's not I, I don't know I just think it's very I think it's odd how Jokic is covered in the media I no think I think it's cool dunks, people would love him yeah no I just think it's I think it's a reality that you're just like overlooking in a way like I don't know I guess because to me you're a basketball fan enough to be able to recognize, even though Jokic is having a pretty incredible season, like there's guys that are also having pretty incredible seasons that are positioned their play their teams better for this playoff run. This all just keeps coming back to like teams being three games ahead of them. Like I, that's not an argument to me. Three game difference is like what we're we keep coming back to like, but they've given themselves a better record and better positioning. Like yeah, because they had a more talented team. Three game cover. difference. That's nothing. That's literally nothing. Like they would be what? What are they? Twenty twenty two standings. Nuggets had forty eight wins. <laughs> the Bucks are the three seed. The Sixers are the four seed. The Nuggets would be the five seed if they were in the East, but they're the six seed in the West. Like they're all right next to each other. Like I don't. To me, that's like, look, it's close enough to where again, if that one, if that's your final argument, and you feel everything else is the same, like okay, like it's. To me, it's a close enough race to where, like, I'm not going to argue that too much. Like, fine, you thought they had a better record and, like, they led to more wins, fine. To I me, just think Devin Booker should be the MVP. Yeah, I really do. I think there's a better argument for Booker probably than anyone else over Jokic because that's where you get to the point of, like, okay, yeah, he did have fucking 15 more wins and put up incredible stats. Like, that's a to me, that's a more fair argument. I think arguing three-game win difference as, like, a main reason someone deserved it is a little ridiculous. Like, that's not okay. Like, I, I guess. Like, Embiid and Giannis didn't even play in some of those games. Yeah, no. And, like, Jokic, like... That's okay, fine. I don't know. I'm talking strictly in the West. You look at where the Suns are at and what Devin Booker has done. I don't think it's crazy where it's like, oh, if the Nuggets were a six and Devin Booker and the Suns were only f- six wins ahead of them, it's like, all right, like, wow, My incredible... Counter, se- I think it's a fair argument. My counter would be... I think Jokic had to do more with less. Like, you have Chris Ball, but he did get hurt. Monty is a great coach there. You have a team that's just, like, they're one of those teams where, like, we've seen it in the past where, like, they can lose a guy and just, like, keep fucking going because of, like, that, like, culture, the team, whatever they have going on there. And that's not – I don't like using that as a knock on him. That's me trying to, like, differentiate the two. But I think there is a very fair argument there for Booker. I would just go on that, like – Bro. I think you can take – not, I think. You Bro, the, the, the Suns before the bubble were, like, atrocious. There's a stat that you go look at uh, these teams that were at the bo- the gri- the Suns, Grizzlies, and the Warriors, like, going back. I think it was – or I guess it was one other team because it wasn't the Warriors because they had probably KD then. But just – yeah, I guess it was the Suns and the Grizzlies, right, that were teams that were, like, down at the bottom of the West and now up at the top of the West, literally first and second in the West. And so, to me, like – 
yeah, Chris Paul being there, a lot of people attribute that to Chris Paul coming there and kind of changing the culture a little bit. But, like, bro, Devin Booker's been the mainstay there. Like, is everyone hanging their hat on DeAndre Ayton's their second-best player? Like, yeah, DeAndre Ayton's a good center in this league. Like, yeah, they have Mikel Bridges, good defender. But, like, I don't know. I just think they're – it's just crazy to me because no one's even mentioning Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker ain't even in the conversations. So, I'm just trying to figure out what the MVP is even about because all I hear is Jokic's MVP, and that's all I've been hearing is Jokic's MVP. But where... I think it's really really fair to argue him. I think the the reason he started behind everyone is because the only time he came into the race is, like, when they're healthy, there's no way to really... There hasn't in the past been a great way to distinguish, like, oh, who's doing more, like Chris Paul or Devin Booker. I think they're just a great team. I don't know if one of them is doing more than the other. Chris Paul kind of changed the culture, but, like... Devin Booker really came into the race when Chris Paul got hurt, and it's like, oh shit, look how good the Suns are doing, how well they're still doing, and how well Booker's playing. So I think the only reason he got hurt in the race is because everyone was arguing and beating Jokic the whole year and Giannis, and then Booker came in on the last like 25% because of the all injury and how good they were doing. So I think it was really just like he didn't have like the national media talking about him the whole year. He didn't have people talking about him the whole year because his case really came clearer when Chris Paul went out. Not that he didn't have a case before that. Bro, it's just, you know what? It's just fucking bullshit to me. This is why this whole fucking conversation about the MV is bullshit to me. Because even these games that Jokic is having, these incredible games, fucking 38, 15, and 8. I watch these games, bro. Incredible. Bro, there's still another player on the court with 20, 25 points. It's the same thing. Is Co- hold on, listen, listen. Is Chris Paul dropping twenty five points in a game? Yeah, he has a couple twenty point games. He's dropping dimes, yeah. But like, no, Devin Booker is the mainstay. The one can't like Drew Holiday has more twenty point games than the second best player on the Suns. Like Kevin Mil- Chris Milton, guarantee you he has more. Right, D- Denver is the same deal. Like it's the same deal with the Suns. Way better record. Like it's not, the same. It- it's not dude, because. Jokic averages 27 a game. The next highest on the team is Will Barton with 15 a game. Like, they don't have a guy putting up 20 a night. Like, having a guy putting up 15 a game next on your team is pretty small. I'd imagine the Suns are probably higher than that. I think Bridges and Chris Paul average over 15 a game. Chris Paul is probably right on the 15 a game. Like, again, like, it's not to say, like, see, this is why Jokic gets it. But, again, like, I don't think that's a counter argument. That's not really. – like, <laughs> How is that not the same thing though? If you have guys averaging fifteen points per game, your 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 next guys, and your 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 main guy is averaging twenty eight points and bringing you to a franchise record in wins okay. and the best record in the NBA. Right, right. like this. I, I have both stats up next to each other right here. We'll go down the Suns first. Devin Booker twenty seven, DeAndre Ayton seventeen, Chris Paul fourteen, Mikel Bridges fourteen, Cam Johnson thirteen. Yep. Let's get the and Denver. Nuggets, Jokic, 27, same as Booker, a little higher. Gordon, 15, Barton, 15, and then it drops to Monte Morris at 12, and then it drops off. So, like, it's pretty similar. The Suns are actually a little higher there on, like, their alternate scores on their team. So, it's like, again, I don't think that's an argument. Not to say it's why Jokic should win, but, like, that's not an argument. The Suns are, without a doubt, a deeper, more talented team than the Nuggets. Like, not even close. Not even close. Mikel Bridges is far better than Aaron Gordon. Chris Paul is far better than Aaron Gordon. Will Barton, like DeAndre Ayton, is far better than Jesus those guys. Jesus fucking like Christ! All right. And again, like that's. I think that's, it's close enough that if you have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on Jokic, it clearly ain't the MVP. So yeah, Jokic is doing incredible because his guys aren't there. Yeah, if you're that's why you're hanging the hat on Jokic being the MVP. Fine. 
Like, that to me is the only reason. Dude won it last year over longevity of the season. Like, these arguments of why he's winning the MVP to me are bullshit. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, okay, let me ask you this. Were Jamal Murray and uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. there last year? Yes. Did Jokic have an incredible season? Yes, he won the MVP. So he's not just winning the MVP because they're not there. It's aiding his argument that they finished one game better than they finished last year, and now they didn't have any of those guys. And he put up better stats this year, and they didn't have any of those guys. And he finished like three games back of like the Bucs, who Giannis is in the conversation, and they have a far less talented team. Those are things that aid his argument. Again, not to say that like anyone's wrong for saying it's Booker or those guys, but like people are trying to poke holes in arguments where like I don't, I don't think there's a hole there. Yeah, I just think that Jamal Murray is more of an MVP candidate for the Nuggets team than Jokic. And Michael Porter Jr. Okay, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Michael Porter Jr., right? You think Jamal Murray is more important to the Nuggets than Jokic? In terms of when they Yeah, in terms of in terms you think of if Jokic was hurt this year and Murray was playing, that they would be the sixth seed and that Murray would be in MVP conversations. I think that is possible, yes. You're that's the dumbest you're like my god. Jesus Christ, sake. We can we can have an honest conversation here without saying just asinine stuff right now. That's Jokic just Jokic is literally a top four player in basketball right now. Jamal Murray will never be a top twenty player in basketball. There's no way he's an undersized guard. Like there, there's just there's no way he doesn't even shoot like that efficiently. He's been a good like big shot maker in the playoffs. Like good good lord, oh my god, good lord, <laughs> Jamal Murray. I'd argue Jamal Murray is the MVP of the Nuggets over Jokic. What? <laughs> I don't think that's that crazy. Seg, no one. Are the Nuggets Jamal? doing anything this season without Jamal Murray? I don't think they are. I don't think you're doing anything without Jamal Murray. The Nuggets are the 12 seed without Jokic right now with this team if you put Jamal Murray on it. Like, probably worse. They're literally not even competing for the play-in tournament if you take Jokic off this team and put Jamal Murray on it. That's, like... No. Boogie and Cousins. Boogie Cousins court, was in a bo- good backup role. On the court, the offense still runs through Jokic because all the smart basketball minds on the team realize it's the better option to have the offense run through Jokic than Jamal Murray. He's a great shot maker. He's like a he's a shooting guard that we get to call a point guard because Jokic is actually playing the point guard as a center, oh so he God. gets to play the point guard as a shooting guard. He's a very good shooting guard. Jamal Murray's a good player, but um You piss me off. I piss you off. You're just like Jamal Murray was the MVP of the Nuggets. He hasn't played in a year and a half and they have the actual MVP on their team. <laughs> <laughs> when you clip part of the episode, clip that part right there. No, no, because you're just fucking you're anti you're anti NBA MVP. You just you just want to give it to fucking. I have come up here and just had tried to have an honest conversation about who I think the options are and why I think it's Jokic, and you're just spewing hot take after hot take on different things. <laughs> I'm not though. I think all right. You know what? Fine. Whatever. Nuggets will do shit without Jamal Murray. You're right. All right. You're all right, Jamal. Jokic is the MVP, and Jamal Murray doesn't mean anything to the Nuggets. Yep, they'll be fine. They'll beat the Warriors. You'll probably be right on the money. I think it's fair to argue Booker, like I said. If Booker won the MVP, I would go, yeah, okay, makes sense. kind of thought it was Jokic, but it makes sense. Like, I wouldn't have any reaction to that. As opposed to, like, when we've argued this in past years, 
Last year, if Jokic didn't win it, I would have been like, that was horseshit. Two years ago, if Giannis didn't win it, I would have been like, that was horseshit. And they did. This year, I don't, I think it's Jokic, but I don't, it could, it could be four different people. And I would not be angry about it because I think it's been a great year from four different guys. And I think we have to like pick hairs, like really to try and find like a argument for one of them, which means like it's a fair argument for all of them. It just helps Jokic's case that a lot of the stats, both box score, just counting stats and advanced statistics do point in his direction. That helps his case. But I think it could be any of the four. Oh man! I think the best. I guess you don't want to hear my Jason Tatum should be MVP over Jokic take, right? It's it was crazier when you said it, and he's gone on a great run since then. So I'll give you the credit there. I don't think he is, but like it's you know he's in that five six conversation. I don't think I could put him even ahead of Booker, but he's in that five six conversation. My whole problem with that is, like, how we like to ignore how good of a year a guy's had when one guy has, like, an incredible three weeks. And then it's like, see, he's the MVP. It's like, no, no, the other guy just did this the whole fucking year. And this guy had a hot three weeks, so now we're saying it's him? Like, that that was my issue with that one mainly. And it's like, not that he didn't deserve to be in the conversation. Just like, no, I'm not after their hot few weeks on defense and, like, a few good scoring games saying he's the MVP. All right. Up there, I can't wait to off. see who wins MVP. I really can't wait. Nah, I'm just been on I'm the edge of my sheet. Positive, it's Jokic. What I think is really interesting is we thought Mobley was Rookie of the Year all year, and it looks like that uh, Scotty Barnes could take it from him. We'll see. You got any other uh, headway on any of the other awards? Did Jaron Jackson Jr. win Defensive Player of the Year? I, that one, I have no clue. Could be Marcus Smart. Could be Bam. Could be Jaron Jackson. Uh, Mikael Bridges his name's technically up there Mikael Bridges name's up there so that that one I literally have no clue Tyler Hero's 100% winning six man I think Bonnie Williams got um, coach of the year locked up unless what's his face is Bickerstaff the Grizzlies coach right now JB no Taylor Jenkins Taylor Jenkins yeah unless Taylor Jenkins gets it but I think Monty got kind of killed last year by Tibbs getting it and they had an even better year this year so I think Monty gets it um is that all of them? Most improved we talked about. Jaws like the clear betting favorite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know about that. I think DeJounte Murray is going to get that. So a, a lot of people voting have been posting like what they're voting for because they had to submit votes yesterday. It looks like a lot of people voting Jordan Poole, which I disagree with because he like he had a great year, but like so much of that was like Steph Curry got hurt and he got more usage. Yeah, that's I ridiculous. Think Gar- I think it's Garland. I didn't even think Garland was like a good player at the start of last season. He was one of the least efficient players in the league, and he had an incredible year. I think DeJounte Murray would be... I wouldn't be mad with Garland, but I think it should be DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray is the only reason the Spurs are doing anything, in my opinion. Spurs... I think it's one of those two. It's got to be one of those two. Miles Bridges, yeah. Miles Bridges, for sure. I got love for him. Executive of the year is one that they don't even post betting odds. Definitely not Rob Palenka. I know that. Yeah, not Rob Palenka. Um, <laughs> it might. I'm trying to think. Like, it's not Daryl Morey. I know that. Suns. Like the Suns usually give it to the best team. But James Jones again? <laughs> no, but like they didn't really make any moves, so I don't think they do that. Like Grizzlies didn't even make a bunch of moves. They just played really well. Like, could you give it to the Celtics? Maybe I, I don't know. Like Brad Stevens team. in his first years. Yeah, I, I <laughs> no way. I'm, I'm literally just trying to think of like who kind of turned it around. Unfucking real. Who turned it around with signings? Grizzlies, Jimmers. Trying to like mark my way through all the teams. Like I don't even know. Like, Timberwolves bringing it, in Patrick it, Beverly. 
if the if the Sixers had gone on a crazy run when they got Harden, it would have been Daryl Morey by a landslide for pulling that off. But like, it's gone the opposite direction, so it won't be him. Yeah, I knew that was happening. <laughs> um, I I actually don't even have a guess. That's a tough. That's a tough one. I'm just trying to like go through and see like who made the biggest jump from last year. It's usually a team that made the best signings. Bulls. Who their GM is? Timberwolves, Mavericks. Mavericks might get it. I don't know. I, all, I really have no no fucking. Clue. Here, this is what I want you to think about for next time you come on the pod. All things being equal, all things being equal, if you could pick an NBA player's career to have, would you rather have Russ Westbrook or James Harden? Let that marinate, and then come on back. We'll get into a nice other uh, argument about it, and hopefully we'll have some more playoffs to discuss. That's a tough one. There'll be – I mean, I see why – I'm not even going to answer now, but I see why you asked that. I think years down the line, like, this at the is, end of the day, Russ is the guy who worked his ass off, and James Harden did quit on, like, two to three different teams, so that's a fair part of it to look at. I think – yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a crazy one to go either side on. I'll try and think about it. I don't know. Yeah, let's watch this series, though. I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy those games tonight, too. They're going to be fire, and tomorrow's games will be good as well. So hopefully we'll catch up next week. And uh, I really wanted the the Celtics to play the Bucks because I'm not going to lie. I was going to try and get tickets because I kind of want to see Giannis play live. And at this point, I'm like, well, I want to make sure he's playing full boat. But then, of course, now they're probably going to have to play them if they do later on, in which the tickets will be probably – astronomical for my value yeah playoff tickets will be expensive as fuck that would have been sick though all right brother catch up with you soon uh, i'll do another one soon talk about some of the games all right peace peace bro richie dingbat it's been a minute for me i've been here in a minute since march madness really didn't catch much of talking about the tournament here at all really didn't make it in before Tiger playing in the Masters, and obviously I watched that this weekend. Been trying to keep up a little of baseball, so when Chu comes back around, I guess the NHL playoffs are starting later than they should because normally they start right around the NBA playoffs, which are starting tonight. NBA playing, and obviously NBA playoffs this Saturday, but I think the NHL playoffs are May 1st because of a COVID break and all kinds of things that are still kind of impacting sports that no one's really talking about. Uh, pretty interesting to me. I don't know. I just act like it's not even happening, I guess. Um, even though, obviously, it is. It's just very weird, very weird time. Um, coming off of a crazy March madness in which the NFL offseason was wild and Obviously, March Madness, basketball hoops, and NBA crunch time, and leading into the Masters tournament, Tiger playing in the Masters, stealing the show, and obviously, these really young, talented golfers impacting the tour as well. Um, You know, you got the NFL draft in a couple weeks. That's how fast time's been going by. I saw a meme where it's like, yep, you basically closed your eyes in January and woke up and it's April. And that's basically how I'm feeling right now. Just time zipping on by, winter ripping on by, sports continuously happening on a daily basis that if you're not talking about it daily, it's tough to keep up. And at this point, I've been coming in every 10, 15 days. So I'm 
too far behind to even begin to try and catch up. But I'll be following, obviously, the NBA playoffs, checking in on the golf, watching some of the baseball, getting ready, geared up for the NFL draft, which obviously I'm hoping the Giants can do something to turn around what everyone's hoping can get turned around if you're a Giants fan. And I think at this point we're just crossing our fingers. Um, with really tons of moves happening across the league this year and wide receivers getting the bag. I saw Stephon Diggs get an extension for the Bills who brought in Von Miller. And obviously what they did last year in the NFL changing their OT rules in the postseason, maybe that changes how things shake out for the Buffalo Bills. Currently the favorite to win the Super Bowl this upcoming season. Yep, just trying to stay grounded, trying to keep things in perspective, you know. Spent some time with Chu, Rich, and Dukes last week going to the NBA game. You know, you see some pretty wild things when you go to the city. You learn some things about your friends when you haven't seen them in a while. You spend half a day with them. Um, Here's some things about other people that you haven't talked to in five, six, seven, ten years. When you graduate high school ten years ago, life just goes on by. It's just kind of wild to me. Uh, people obviously going through the COVID and that and how that impacted everyone's kind of social meter and job security and all kinds of things that have kind of just gotten so out of whack at this point. That... uh you know, you just got to try and do what's best for you in all areas, really. I mean, I kind of gotten to a point where it's tough to explain a lot of these things, non-sports related. And sports related is just tough to keep up with. Hyperbole, everyone's got to take, everyone's got a podcast now. Um... You know, I guess at the end of the day, you just keep fighting on, keep striving to chase your dreams, as Tiger would say. And, you know, at the end of the day, I only hope I can do half of what that man did this weekend, which at the end of the day, I thought was one of the most spectacular things I saw in sports. Um, Golf, for me, will always be the hardest sport. Um... And I really strive for that, just teaching it more and more over the past few weeks here at my job, which I really enjoyed. And because of that, I've been taking a backseat to the podcast scene, but hopefully I'll be back around doing that more as the sports really ramp up this spring. Much love to everybody who comes through and shows support to the podcast. That's all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still no shame what I had to say. It's the man with a nickname. Until next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. You listen to Seggy Station.